Hi, this is Bex from Garris Random Ramblings. You're listening to The Robin Slim Show. Listener discretion is advised. In this corner, the devastating duo of mayhem, carnage, and absolute destruction, Rob and Slim! Listening to the Rob and Slim Show with Rob. It doesn't feel good on your asshole. Slim. I'm gonna rip your head off and fuck your neck hole. <laughs> Internet radio's finest. I make them good kids smoke crack. I make them good kids smoke. Everybody likes me. White collar crime. Killing white people nightly. I get it high with 29-year-olds. I mean, there's 20 of them playing outside nicely. I got the price of the crack. You might be surprised how it helps you relax. Well, I take it back. You'll be dancing and asking them crackers for cash when they pass. Now your mom's coming and ask me for answers. Why you smoking crack with my grandson? I don't know. Why is the sky black? I don't know. Why is this guy black? Why do grandmas give me hand jobs for crack? I make them good kids smoke crack.
is Summer Smith, and you're listening to The Robin Slim Show. Booyah, boona. Wubba lubba dub dub! Freaky ticky tabby bitch! Lick, lick, lick my balls! What's going on? What is up? When are we getting a new Rick and Morty? I don't know. Never. Never. I can't wait. I don't know. I think, like, uh, I don't know, March or some shit? I thought you had posted something, something yeah, no, or... Somebody said something at work, and I always forget shit. It's like uh, Smash Brothers when it comes out. I, I kept having to ask my friend Michael. I've asked him, like, three times. Now I remember finally that it comes out the 9th. But, yeah, I don't know Rick and Morty. comes out the 7th. Is it not the 7th? It's the 7th, yeah. I don't know. I Friday. thought it was the 9th. I thought he nah. looked it up. Uh, nah, nah. I got a pre-ordered, man. I can't fucking wait for Smash. It's going to be amazing. But, yeah, now it's Friday. Yeah, I think I got to wait till my next check for that, but... Because uh, for the boys for Christmas, I know, I know they want that. I got a bunch of like Lego sets the other day. They were on sale. Because you and like the uh, the guys, like the bigger guys of like the Star Wars figures and shit. Oh, and they like look... they're like like you build like it's a Lego model of that character. Yeah, they're like that that big. Oh, that's fucking like, they're, awesome. They're awesome. And uh, okay, they came out with a while ago. Uh, Boba Fett. And of course, like, that one's more expensive than the others. Like, they always put Even out, like, when it's on, like, you said it was on clearance or there? It was on sale. Like, there was a okay. big sale on uh, Legos, so I got that. Um, but, yeah, every, every now and then they'll come out with, like, an awesome one, and it's, like, $10 more than the other one. Just because it's, it's Boba Fett. <laughs> or it's, Boba Fett. Uh, Everyone likes this character, so we're charging you more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, same pieces and everything. Yeah, the same amount of pieces, uh, the same shit, the same size box. They did that with uh, Darth Vader and... I think uh, oh, you and wanted years ago was when Kmart was going out of business. They had a ton of them, and uh, uh, the Grievous, the General oh, Grievous, was geez. amazing. And they had like fucking hundreds of these on a shelf in Kmart when they were going out of business. And uh, I told them, and we went back the next day, and they were all gone. Holy and my buddy shit. Ryan that worked there said, uh, he's like, yeah, a collector came in and bought like that's what I was gonna say. It was one yeah, fucking asshole who bought them all. And Dude, there was like way yeah. too many. Like that, it should have been there for a while. Yep. Yeah. And one douchebag one in there. So I'm curious. You said like the good popular characters are like ten dollars more. So if you yeah. go buy like a Jar Jar Binks, yeah. is he ten dollars? Oh, that's free. Less? They pay you to take <laughs> that. They don't even make that fucking piece of shit. That's like the slim of fucking Star Wars characters. <laughs> Fuck that. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> what else? I get? I got, I got a bunch of movies too. Uh, the Lego Ninjago movie. Okay. Which I was good. And uh, fucking what was it? Oh, Kung Fu Panda three. The other two were great. I never saw the third, but I'm like, it's got to be good. And uh, the Teen Titans go to the movies. I heard that I was can't amazing. Wait to see that. Yeah, my buddy Michael yeah. too went to see that, and he said he loved it. So I can't wait to check that out. Yeah, my and, my uh, buddy Pete is always telling. He saw that in theaters. He's always telling me it's fucking Slambo? amazing. No, no, no. Duh, another Pete. Pete. <laughs> the old creepy janitor guy. No. With the wig. No, no, that no, bang no. your cousin, no. the guy, your guy cousin, <laughs> with the hat. No, not the, <laughs> not the child molester, Pete. <laughs> oh yeah, that guy. I was thinking a different guy. There's a whole bunch of them. <laughs> it's a lot of Pete's. A lot of a lot of kid touching Pete's around. <laughs> Except Slambo. <laughs> Slambo's the only non-kid touching Peter. <laughs> the kid touchiest. <laughs> the kid touchiest. The kid touchiest of all the Pete's. What else I got? I got a uh, uh, William wanted. Um, well, I got him that weeks ago. Uh, he wanted the new, uh, fucking uh, WWE game for the Switch. Oh, okay. So I got him that. But cool. then uh, I called him. I'm like, do you still want that? I didn't tell him I got it. But uh, he's like, yeah. It's like, uh, but I also want that old uh, PS3 one, the WrestleMania Legend. So I'm like, all right. So I grabbed that and a Transformer you and wanted on Amazon too. I grabbed those. So WrestleMania Legends is an older game. Yeah, and it had all. The, it had like Hulk. It had everybody. Rock, Stone Cold. It had like. It was like an all star game. It was like yeah. every era of wrestling. It was awesome. There. Like I, I'm shocked he even knew about it. Like yeah, 
I don't know. I don't know if it's friends or if he just looks this stuff up because he knows everything about wrestling. It's crazy. Crazy. It's just the internet age, man. Mm. My my little cousins know so much shit about whatever they're interested yeah, in. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, do you still want that? And he's like, I want that PS3 one, the old one. And I was like, well, would you still want the Because you had one? already bought it, right? Yeah, and he goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, I want that one too. Awesome. I was like, okay, cool. I just want to make sure. And then Levi got him, like, a huge Ninjago dragon, like, Lego set. It's fucking awesome. It's dragon? Badass. Like, it, it, so you just build a dragon, or does it have, like, yeah. other... Okay. Well, it's got other shit with it. It's got, like, I don't know, a fucking other thing, like, a robot with it, too. And That's cool. the guys, it always comes with the guys, but this is a badass set. It's like a seventy-five dollar set. I think like fifty. Fifty was on sale for. Oh, that's it's awesome! Hard. Yeah, they had an amazing like fucking uh, Lego sale. I don't know if it's still on, but it was like definitely last weekend. Like, Are all three of the kids into the Ninjago or just? Uh... Yeah, yeah, they all like it. Levi's like big into any of those Beyblades. I don't know, my friend Andrew, I never played with those when I was a kid. I never had them, but he said, I like, did, yeah. it was just an excuse to, like, beat the fuck out of, like, your brother. And, like, <laughs> throw Beyblades at him and shit. I was like, yeah, that's probably what mine are doing. It was, like, I don't know, I was into it a little bit, but, it, yeah, it just had, like, a little stadium, and you had, like, a fucking spinning top, and you yeah. let your top go, they let that's their top said, go. That's what real and fast would... and, like, make sure it flew into, like, brother's, <laughs> yeah. like, face or something. You say he loved it. They were cool because you could customize them, so like yours could be lighter than mine, or oh. heavier, or faster, like shit like that. That was that was kind of like the um, catch to that, or or whatever the thing that made it interesting. That's not interesting. Oh, I can't. Well, it was to me as a kid, told. I was like, I could make my top spin longer than yours. Oh. <laughs> Is that like what you do when you helicopter your dick? Yeah. That's what you did when you were a kid. You didn't have Beyblades. Like, no, I just had my dick. Fucking cousin's dick. Yeah, and my cousin's dicks. <laughs> well, if I had this ring to my dick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you added weights yeah. with like staples and shit and thumbtacks. Put a thumbtack in your dick hole. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, yeah, no, two weeks we're going to be off for Christmas this year. The last week of December and uh, the first week of January. So. All right. Fucking, cool. you'd be depressed. Probably. Sad. I'm always depressed when I don't do the show. Yeah. Like... No, because I, I get the kids on a Wednesday and I bring them back on a Wednesday, so. It's like oh, okay, cool. Wednesday, Wednesday, so. Yeah, it'll be the fucking last week of December and the first week of January. Oh, fuck, did you see that? Go to the group. That first story I want to talk about. I don't even think I could hate the guy. I don't even think I could hate this guy. Teacher who told kids Santa isn't real removed from New Jersey school districts. Oh. For the win. He's telling I, the truth. I just figured there's a bunch of stupid little kids. Go, I can't wait for Santa. I can't wait. And he's like, fuck. There's no fucking Santa. Like, fuck. <laughs> I told my kids. Like, I never told my kids there was Santa. And they still love Christmas, like, stories and yeah. movies Because what and is it, the story of Santa other than to, like, make your kids behave a certain way? He died year. of cancer. That's, he, that's another, like, the real Santa died of cancer. And, uh. Uh, Coca-Cola created the red and white Santa. Like, that was all, that was all them. Just oh, for a marketing okay. fucking ploy. Substitute teacher has been removed from a New Jersey school district. It's not a group of first graders. Whoa! Okay, that's, that's a little Santa young. Is real. I don't know, though. It's still, he taught them something. Usually, subs don't teach you shit. You just sit there and you fucking act like a jerk. I love that and he was a substitute, something. too. I love that he cared that much to teach, no matter what. He didn't give a fuck. He must have just been having a shitty day, and he just like walked into oh, the classroom. He was, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm he got over. called in because he's, he's on call. He doesn't work every day, and he was fucking pissed. He had to go deal with these little shitheads yeah. squawking about Santa. That fucking like, class of that teacher that's always calling out. 
In the statement <laughs> obtained by USA Today, Montville School Superintendent Renee Rovtar said, uh, yeah, she sounds real fuckable, Rovtar. <laughs> Renee Rovtar said the teacher is no longer working in the school district. Earlier this week, Principal Michael Raj of Cedar Hill School in Montville, New Jersey, sent a letter to parents apologizing for a teacher who told uh, a first grade class saying it wasn't real. As a father of four myself, I am aware of the super sensitive nature of this announcement. But yeah, you can't talk about the uh, make-believe fairy tale of God in school, but it's okay to, to shove fucking Santa down their fucking throat. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't get it. I don't get how the guy like really did anything that bad. No, like, he I didn't fucking hit fine. anybody. He told kids the truth. Sorry, sorry. And isn't that your job as you're an gonna educator? You're going to figure it out eventually. <laughs> I think in that grade, you're going to start hearing from other kids. Yeah, like, that yeah. Not real. Like, I, I think that's when that I learned when I was it was like first grade, yeah, maybe a little. Same. Yep. Same. It was first like. First or second, yeah. First Some grade. kid on the bus was just like, Santa's not real. And I'm like, yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, I said the same thing. And I went home and asked my mom. She's like, yeah, no, he's not. And I was like, oh, that sucks. That's the shittiest thing. Yeah. It's so shitty. So shitty. So yeah, I don't know. But it's whatever. Like you're gonna eventually learn it, like you said, and like it's I, exactly I, this guy didn't do anything. Wrong. I love that he really taught some real shit. Yeah. He taught these kids yeah, some real exactly. shit. Exactly. Yep. Life and sucks, it, and it's gonna be <laughs> a series and, of depressing letdowns for the rest of your lives. Get used to it. Get used to it, kids. Teaching them young. <laughs> yeah. If life hasn't broken you, uh, what I tell you will, and that says no Santa. <laughs> Fucking dumb kids. I don't know. I always wanted the credit for the gifts too. I was one of my kids to thank me and not think it came from some asshole just miraculously shooting toys out of his asshole. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Plus, it, like, I don't know, it makes it seem more reasonable, too, because if your kids just think some magical guy, they're going to be like, why didn't Santa Claus get me all oh, the yeah, amazing fucking shit that I want? Why didn't those fucking cracked out elves just make all of it? Because <laughs> right. that's, that's what I would think. Those cracked out elves can make all sorts of shit. <laughs> I wanted a fucking helicopter. Why didn't I get one? <laughs> He's a fucking dick. Matt Pinfield was in a car accident. You see that? Hmm. His, uh, no. Somebody speeding just barreled into him. I didn't put the story oh, in there. but oh, okay. Yeah, he's all right, they said. But uh, fucking uh, leg broke and stitches and shit. Yeah, we had one years ago. Yeah. Remember, uh, yeah. Maybe, was it two? two it's been a couple. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been a, a few years. Man, it's fucking flown by. Yeah. Right? And George Bussini died. Like, that's... uh. They had on TMZ earlier, like I was saying earlier to you. Uh, yeah, they, they had... Oh, yeah, breaking news... Uh, George W. Bush breaks down crying at his father's funeral. I'm like, that's not a fucking news no, story. That's, that's just normal. That's like, like I said, like, oh, look, George W. Bush is a human. Yeah. What <laughs> like, the what the fuck? I, I don't get it. But it was awesome, though. Jeb, uh, days ago, uh, tweeted a picture of his service dog, George uh, Herbert, the, the senior, the, the father that died. The service dog wouldn't leave the fucking casket. Oh, it was wow. like, really like, fucking animals sad. Animals are amazing. Yeah. yeah, it was like laying on the ground floor by it and just looked so oh, bummed out. I was like, fuck. Fuck, because, yeah, usually stories I, I go through carefully or I won't click one. and I, I just wanted to see that, and it was just like, fuck, that's that's sad. But they say, like, animals, like, if there's two dogs or something or two cats, the one will miss the other for, like, ever and always yeah. wait for the other one, yeah. like, if one dies. Like, that's crazy. My friend Tina, she just had one of her cats die, and she said, yeah, one one of the uh, the her female cats super upset about it. And she said that cat never got along with it. <laughs> that's like... what I was thinking, too. Like, is it, <laughs> these cats even just fought or dogs fought all the time? Like, I'm sure they still do. I think that's how it goes. Yeah. Like, Because she said that's all these two cats would do. Is it's like, you're an asshole, fight. but you're my asshole. Like, <laughs> fuck, what else? What else? Uh, oh, Breaking Bad. I just saw the writer of the... Uh, the first episode of season four, when uh, he cut that dude, with the, when Gus cut the dude with the box cutter, that was fucking oh, gnarly, yeah. gnarly. But uh, yeah, he had uh, where uh, 
Mike came and got fucking Walt, and uh, they were going to kill him. And and he calls Jesse because he's like, I'll give you Jesse right now. But he called Jesse and was like, you do it about killing Gail. The, oh, the other guy because it's force, it was like a checkmate yeah, it was basically yeah, like you like, have to keep me around because you don't have this guy you don't anymore. have this guy cooking because jesse's gonna kill him it's amazing amazing i didn't know if he fucking did kill him because at the end of that episode you saw him move the gun but he did it was awesome like seeing that he did kill him i was like good good job yeah, yep. and just like i i was like what the fuck is he doing though because he didn't say a word gus it was creepy when he fucking killed the guy with the box cutter mm. and he just leaves and told him to get to work. But uh, like Jesse said at the Denny's in the end. I love they were both wearing, I guess Mike bought them or somebody bought them new clothes. They both had the same Kenny Rogers t-shirt. <laughs> fucking Walt still had the sticker, like the size sticker on it. And they both had these <laughs> shitty like generic fucking khakis on and shitty sneakers. But Jesse said like he only did that to show us that he's going to do with us eventually. Like so we're right, just going to be yeah. miserable. Like it was like wow yeah. No you hit that on the head I think dude. Hit that shit on the head. And the wife, because Ryder had said earlier, like, she does get, like, pretty cool at one point. And, like, I like, I start seeing that. Like, she's definitely more bearable. The yeah. fucking Walt's wife. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think I feel like I just hated her the entire yeah, time. She was a, especially in the beginning. <laughs> like, just a meddling, e- nosy con. Even like, towards, like, at the when very she called end, Jessie, like, it's when, bad. When he told know. her, like, that, uh, that he was just buying weed off jesse she called him up and was just a bitch about it and it's just stupid i just keep thinking too like these motherfuckers are gonna live like two more seasons like how how it's crazy it's crazy but i can't wait for more ozark too i know they're making season three so i don't know how long that's gonna be and uh fucking i guess soon you finished season one and two of ozark yeah awesome. yeah it's fucking amazing i might go back and rewatch but uh i want new uh fucking stranger things I can't wait for that. I think that's coming out like February or something. Uh, I don't know. Did you watch the whole second season of that? You, yeah. You enjoyed it? Yeah, it was amazing. Cool. Amazing. I had heard, heard mixed things about it. I think we, we did talk about it, but yeah. And more uh, Game of Thrones that's coming out in fucking, I think, the spring. That I can't wait for. Is Walking Dead on their uh, like yeah. mid-season? Mid-season kinda, break. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, mid- yeah. So that's what they did. They introduced the Whisperers and then... Break. Yeah. Okay. And then... uh. I think February or something they come back, Ryder said. Mm. I think that's when they come back. So that seems long. That's like two yeah, months. Two the, months of it a is break. Like, yeah, it is long. Like in between. Because usually a lot of these series, they take like the mid-season break is like a couple weeks, and they're mm. back in like um. The end I think of it was the last one, or whatever. January. Between like the last one of the summer, it just seemed like way, way longer than it should have been. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that was that was awesome though. That fucking Gus is amazing. I don't know. I don't know who my favorite in that shit is. Like Walt's amazing. I love Mike's Mike. Great. I think Mike's, Mike is fucking Mike awesome. Mike and Saul Saul is like one of my favorite gold. characters. Yeah, but Mike I love him freaking out. Like, cause I guess he knows now that they're watching him too. Like he's yeah. gonna go out to the payphone and like holding it with a rag, like not to leave fucking uh, fingerprints on it. Like, yeah, Saul's amazing. We're Jesse's both, pretty cool, but he's gonna be a bitch and like piss you off. Both, both Walt and, and Jesse, Walt. I feel like you hate like both of them. I'm like, like, bro, I don't just know. calm the fuck down. Yeah. When uh, Gus is in there, like, and he's all panicking, you need me, and he's just getting all fucking cunty. But like, yeah, calm the fuck down, dude. Like, he gets like <coughs> really, really arrogant and just <clears throat> hateable. Like towards the end, like I still love, I love does, the character like, change, it, but yeah. it's just like, yeah, he does do throughout it too. Yeah. Like sometimes, yeah, like there's sometimes it's like, dude, you're just way over the top, <laughs> right. just a dick. Just a real fucking bag of shit. It's just but, uh, crazy to know that guy was just the, the father of Malcolm in the yeah, middle. <laughs> yeah. I remember when that show, when this, when Breaking Bad came out and uh, he, whatever his name is. Yeah. He went on O&A. Like this is a long Bryson. time ago. Yeah, yeah. To do an interview. And they were just like, 
saying how it was nothing like Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. But that they loved him from that, and they said this is just as good. So. Yeah, and I think the creators of Breaking Bad had actually seen him in an episode of The X-Files. He was in, like, a one episode of The X-Files, and nice. they had, wa- like, the um the dude that created Breaking Bad was a huge fan of The X-Files, and was like, I want that guy from that episode of The, uh, wow. the X-Files. Yeah, like, he didn't even, show. like, pick him. He wasn't like, oh, well, that's the father him. from oh. Malcolm in the Middle. He got him from that. I want to go to two. It's the first of, because uh, I don't know if it's a video or that one, the Conan. It's, oh, okay. uh, I don't know if it's a video. Usually with these, uh, I forget what it says. Uh, on them, but sometimes they're videos or slideshows. I just want to see. It says Conan O'Brien reveals the worst guest ever. Oh, it is a uh, one you can read. Conan O'Brien has been hosting late night talk shows for 25 years, and in that time, he's had some challenging guests, but none as difficult as this star. In an interview, Conan uh, reveals his worst guest ever, Abel Ferrara. Uh, I don't know who the fuck he is. Director? He's a director. Yeah. I have no clue who the fuck he is. Yeah. Conan recounted a drama in late November. Chat with Dax Shepard on the Actors Armchair Expert podcast. As reported by 2Fab, Conan explained through the 96 on-screen interview with the famed director of Bad Lieutenant the Funeral, Dangerous Games, the Kings of New York. It was a mess. And shenanigans behind the scenes were even worse. He was He's a wild eccentric, Conan said of Abel. <laughs> and he fled during the show because... Before his segment, he ran away, got in the elevator, and was out on the street when my producer chased him. <laughs> Holy shit, this, <laughs> this guy's guy out of his looks mind. Nuts. Like, he I looks nuts. He looks fucking show. crazy. And, yeah, like, he does. Grizzled, like nuts. <laughs> Holy fuck. He just started running before his interview, like panicked, and just ran away. The director was literally forced back. <laughs> and they had to like drag <laughs> No, I don't think so. I think you just fucked yourself, Conan. The director was literally forced back in the studio to finish, which is why Conan described the segment as Compelevision. Oh my god, there's a video. In his chat with Dax, he's, he came on camera against his will. Yeah, no, you forced the guy. I don't think that's legal. Yeah, we, mm-hmm. we can check it out. Uh, that kind of reminds me of um, Letterman's original, um, I think even like second ones too, is uh, who's the dad from uh, Back to the Future? Crispin Glover. That actor oh, was crazy. Is he Have really? You, oh, a guy's out of his fucking mind. He's McFly. Never... That, that's what he was, yeah. Yeah, but you've never seen his like Letterman interviews? Holy no. shit. Yeah, that's something we have to check out at some point. Like, well, well, I'll have to, like, I, I can't do it today because it's long. It's going to be, like, he, a whole segment. Oh, he's all drugged that. out. Like, really? he, like, I think at one point he stands up and he's wearing this old fucking 70s. Is uh, he still clothes. around? Or is oh, he, yeah, he's still yeah. around. He makes fucking more whacked out, but he's still whacked the fuck out, like, permanently from, I don't know, too much acid or what. But at one point he, like, stands up and, like, goes Just to a kick. a nerdy dad. Goes to <laughs> kick fucking Letterman. And, like, what? The, and he's wearing, like, these platform fucking shoes from the 70s and, like, his, his shoe, like, almost kicks, like, Letterman in the face, and he's got a box of weird things. I forget what's in the, the box, if it's, like, mannequin heads or something. The guy's <laughs> fucking whack. He just shows up to Letterman with a box of mannequin yeah. heads. Yeah, oh, something crazy like that, yeah. But let's check out this Abel Ferreira asshole. And then we'll go to break. Next guest this evening this is, old. is one of the most yeah. controversial directors around. His films include like Young Conan, yeah, 96. The King of New York with Christopher Walken and Dangerous Game with Madonna. His latest film, The Funeral, opens this Friday. Please oh, yeah, you were allowed to force him on the studio in the 90s. That was okay yeah. back then. <laughs> they just, like, pushed him out behind the fucking curtain. Look at Andy. Andy's young and not as fat in this. This guy's grooving, though. Like, oh, yeah. Grooving and shit. Hey, He's putting on a show. On the program. Thank you very much. Nice to have you with Thanks. us. You know, there's... I want to get so much tonight, there. but I want to start actually with something I heard, and I don't know if it's he true. Is. He's got it in his mouth. <laughs> 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 I 
Guys, I don't know who I'm talking to right now. I know I'm talking to you. Uh, I, I wanted to ask Abel, you about the... Conan. There you go. All right. Dennis. Cool. All right. All right you just passed Andy. our sobriety <laughs> test here. All right. I know. <laughs> one day when you, when you, uh, when you first started directing, I heard that you saw one film. Uh, before you started directing, you saw one film that made you want to get into pictures and be a director, and that that film was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Is I that the case? it was Bambi. <laughs> well, six of one, half a dozen of another. But is that what, you saw that movie, and that's the movie that made you want to be a director? Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Maybe the film that got me into the uh, league of directing. Mm-hmm. Into feature film directing. You saw that movie, and you thought, I can do that? I said, if I can't do that, I better quit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, and then you did your first started film. driving. We used to go to drive. Maybe chase. You know, you hear these... He's rubbing uh, his eye and shit. Starting up in the background. Mm-hmm. It was a pleasant sound. You thought that was a pleasant sound, a chainsaw? It was a pleasant sound. Okay. At a local drive-in. All right. We grew up at a drive-in, too. Okay. What? Good deal. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> those Stallone drop. subtitles yeah. in here, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Can't understand what did he say? You're talking very lowly. He's oh, just as crazy as Chris McLaughlin. Your first mic? film. There's your mic right there. I'll I'm, just hold it up a little higher. I'm, uh, I'm used to being on the other side of cameras. That's so okay. This is cool. It's all You've worked with, you worked with Madonna yeah. in your film Dangerous oh. Game. I heard that she was difficult with you on the set. Madonna? Is that the case? Yeah. Difficult? No. She was a uh, cup of what tea. Are they, like he's yeah, sticking he rubbing his eyes. Yeah. He's on ecstasy. <laughs> Keeps like petting himself. I heard that uh, she, <laughs> she wanted want me to beat up Kaitel. That was her thing. <laughs> Says if you're any kind of director, you beat him up. I said beat him up. That's my way of being a director. Yeah. <laughs> beat him up. You can beat him up. I why said, did well, she maybe want you tomorrow? Why did she? Why did she want you to beat up Harvey Keitel? You tell me why. Uh, I've had enough. Yeah. This is like this is a mess. Like, we don't even need he to watch this mess. video. This is like some of the just local trash in this town. Yeah, like, this is that's like all it is. Slick's like, family reunion. Yeah, exactly. We'll be back <laughs> right. with uh, sings and a new too many rapes. Hello. Yes. Hello. This is Prince Charles and. If I have to listen to any more of this show, I'm going to eat my own face. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Ryder Doll. I know what you're thinking. With all the porn out there, who's looking for phone sex? Well, I'll tell you who. Tens of thousands of totally normal guys just like you who felt lonely or, you know, and needed something different to get them off. So whether you're curious how to make me your hot little fuck toy for the night, or you're absolutely desperate to make me your girlfriend. Check me out on RyderDoll.com. That's R-Y-D-E-R-D-O-L-L.com. Click the tab for deals and promotions. And just for hearing me on the Robin Slim Show, I'm going to hook you up with some free minutes to use in our first call. So what are you waiting for? Hit pause on the porn and visit me on RyderDoll.com. I can't wait to make you blow a huge load and to blow your fucking mind. <laughs> Are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs. 
for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type ROB for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code ROB, R-O-B, ROB, at adamandeve.com. This, 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 this is Hollywood actor Steve Coulter. Uh, uh, and I'm appearing with the delightful scumbags. Uh, Robin Slim. Yeah, what's going on, guys? We are back. What's the truth, things? I got it. Yeah, he doesn't have it. I have it. Yeah. Who? Yo, me. There's uh, the other playlist. Here we go. Drizz sings the hits. Yeah. Oh, all right. And now it's time for Driz Sings the Hits. Upwar. Wait, what the fuck, though? Uproar. Well, Wayne. That's not it. What the fuck, though? Where the love go? Five, four, three, two. I let one go. Bo. Get the fuck, though. I don't bluff, bro. Aiming at your head like a buffalo. You a roughneck? I'm a cutthroat. You a tough guy? That's enough jokes. The sun die. The night is young, though. The diamonds still shine in the rough, how? What the fuck, though? Where the love go? Five, four, three, two. Where the ones go? It's a shit show. Put your front row. Talking shit, bro? Let your tongue show. Money over bitches. And above hoes? That is still my favorite love quote. But the gun inside? What the fuck for? I sleep with the gun. And she don't snore. What the fuck, yo? Where the love go? Trade the ski mask for the muzzle. It's a bloodbath. Where the studs go? It's a drids beat. There, there the, the drums go. If she's iffy, there the drugs go. If she sip lean, double cup toast. I got a duffel full of hondos. There the love go. Where's the uproar? What the fuck though? Where the love go? Five, four, three, two. I let one go. Bow, get the fuck though. I don't bluff, bro. Aiming, aiming at your head like a buffalo. What the fuck though? Where the love go? Five, four, three, two. I let one go. Bow, get the fuck though. I don't bluff, bro. Aiming at your head like a buffalo. Get the fuck though, I don't bluff bro. Come out the scuttle without a scuff, bro. Puff puff bro, I don't huff though. Yellow diamonds up close, catch a sunstroke. 
at your front door with gun stowed. Knock, knock. Who's there? Is how it won't go. This is a jungle. So have the utmost for the nutsos. And we nuts. So what the fuck, bro? That's where I'm from, bro. We grow up fast. We rolled up slow. We throw up gang signs. She throw up dope. Dreadlock. Hang time like ya done know. Put the green in the bag like a lawnmower. Hair trigger pulled back like a comro. Extra clip in the stash like a console. Listening to Bono. You listen to Don O. What the fuck, bro? Where the love go? Drizzy, you the chef. I like my lunch gross. Just look up. Bro, there's the scuds to go. I see the shovel. But where the bra go? Mmm. To the unknown. Only way he coming back is through his unborn. If you see what's in my bag, think I'm a drug lord. It's empty when I give it back. Now where's the uproar? What the fuck though? Where the love go? Five, four, three, two. I let one go. Bo, get the fuck though. I don't bluff, bro. Aiming at your head like a buffalo. What the fuck though? Where the love go? Five, four, three, two. I let one go, Bo. Get the fuck though. I don't bluff, bro. Aiming at your head like a buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> and now for something even Two better. Ribs? Yes. A Frankie in Spaceship Adventure. This is exciting. Is it? I think so. It is. It totes is. Where is he at? Captain Tube Stakes. This crystal reading is off the charts, baby. It looks like there's two on a planet called Iacon 1. With that many in one place, do you think we should skip it or find backup for the crew? <laughs> you make a great point there, Gorgeous, but I'd like to see what these pricks are capable of. Send out a spy drone with their shuttle and keep an eye on them, doll. Daddy needs to get some sleep. I've been up for a week straight smoking that amazing meth called Icon 1, and I don't think it has any relationship to that planet, baby. Aye, aye, Captain. Lost in Rapes. After decimating up the Too Many Rapes Penitentiary, the city of Rapesville, and the entire planet Earth, a giant beam of light shot Frankie Tube Stakes, Doc Rapenstein, Brian Rioni, The Driz, The Warden, Daxter Coxman, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Gerbils up into a UFO, hovering above where the planet once stood. This is their one and only chance to fix everything. They are... Lost in Rapes!
Too Many Rapes is filmed in front of a live studio audience. As the Rapeful shuttle flies towards Iacon 1, Phantom Boner is getting to be too much for the team to handle. God damn it, Phantom Boner. Why are you, aren't you wearing your spandex, you cunt? Yo, yo, yo. My dick is so big, I can't even wear my tights anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Cover yourself up, you son of a bitch. That's against Rape Force regulations. Yo, fuck you, Brian. You're just afraid I'm gonna rape you again, motherfucker. And those nasty fucking animals aren't wearing any pants. Is that up to regulations enough for you? Yeah. Oh, he make good point, Brian. Yeah, guys, we all gotta work together. Don't shame this man for having a glorious cock. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. I got your regulations right here, bitch. Yeah. For the rest of the flight, Phantom Boner raped Brian. When they finally landed on Iacon 1, they exited the shuttle and hitchhiked to the capital city where the giant crystal stood. They found the queen's castle and entered her throne room. That cunt was smoking meth and had all sorts of crazy eye makeup on her stupid face. OMFG, guys. That bitch is beautiful. Let me handle this. Yeah. The pantsless phantom boner approached the throne with his new cock throbbing because of the crystals and also due to the fact that he wanted to fuck the dirty meth head. He turned on his boombox and sang a really girly love song. Yeah, girl. Yo, you got rainbows in your eyes. Yeah, it makes me fucking hot. Yeah, my dick is so hard because of the rainbows in your eyes. Yeah, do you feel it? Because I'm putting it in your anus right now. Yeah, I hope you fucking feel that. It's because of those rainbows in your eyes. The rest of you is fucking flugging. But you know what? There's fucking rainbows in your eyes. You can't beat that. I don't know. It doesn't matter how fat you are. It doesn't matter that you're disgusting. It doesn't matter that you smell like shit because you got rainbows in your eyes, girl. Yeah, and I'm going to fuck you really hard. Yeah. Why don't you turn your head while I'm doing your doggy style so I can see those rainbows in your eyes. The queen, being a drugged-out whore of a woman, took Phantom Boner up to her private chambers. He fucked her, smoked meth, and fucked her again. An hour later, he decided that he was going to marry her and rule Iacon 1 by her side. He had her guards seize Rape Force and lock them in the deepest, darkest dungeon. Guys, this is fucking horrible. I knew that piece of shit would turn on us at some point. What are we gonna do? I, I don't know, Brian. I don't have my communicator. Watch with me. I traded it for some of that sweet meth on the ride into town. God damn it. I did the same thing. Dongatello, do you think you can reach your paw in the lock panel and deactivate it? Sorry, mate. We gerbils don't crawl inside anything that isn't an asshole. It's the gerbil code. We're the Teenage Mutant Ninja Gerbils. Heroes in your asshole. Gerbil power! You must respect animal rules, Brian. Give me that meth I think of a plan. Greaser smoked the rest of Brian's meth and raped them both and Daxter almost to death. And when he came down from being high, 
He fell asleep. Meanwhile, on Rape Force One, Frankie was awakened by the loveliest voice in the universe. Frankie, wake the fuck up, baby. Rape Force is in trouble. What the fuck happened, sexy? It was Phantom Boner. He fell in love with the meth head cunt in charge of Iacon 1, and imprisoned the rest of the crew so he could marry her. Uh, God damn it. When when we get back, make sure you lock him away for a while. Uh, Hold on, gorgeous. I'm just going to extract some data for a minute. Frankie copied the spaceship's artificial intelligence to a USB thumb drive and inserted it into a gorgeous female robot body. A moment later, the robot's eyes opened and she spoke. Mmm, fuck. You picked the perfect body for me, Captain. I can't wait to really test it out after the mission in your private chambers. Frankie and the spaceship beamed themselves into the middle of the meth queen's throne room during the wedding ceremony and within minutes massacred every guest and god in the place. In front of the wedding podium, Phantom Boner had the queen bent over and was fucking her right at the altar. The sexy fembob did a triple somersault, leaped high into the air, drew her sword, and she came down and sliced Phantom Boner's nude cock clean off. As they lay in fetal position, bleeding and crying like a bitch, the meth queen pushed the bloody severed cock out of her nasty vagina and rolled it across the throne room floor. Her eye makeup started glowing brightly in anger, and she lunged at Frankie. But the fembot cut her off and said, No one fucks with my man, you fucking cunt. Frankie and the spaceship released their crew from the cell, beamed up to the Rape Force One, and both crystals locked Phantom Boner in solitary and retired to Frankie's chambers for a month. That's too many rapes. That's too many rapes. That was awesome. <laughs> really enjoyed that one. <laughs> I thought Driz just got his dick back. In Frankie! Oh, wake I just meant fu- to hit. The joiner music, but yeah, I just love that he got his dick back like last week. And yeah, they're just losing it's gone. Away. <laughs> it's gone, and he's locked up. <laughs> it has the potential, I think, to become an amazing supervillain. Ah, I don't <laughs> think I was going there, but no. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Could be. Could be. I don't know. I don't write that shit to like Fridays, so I don't know. <laughs> Frankie and oh, the spaceship released the time. crew from I the. I just went to hit like fucking sound effects, and then. I forgot it's on the playlist for the too many. Uh, what's up next? Uh, Drizzle news and celebrity news when yep. we come back. I, the one is fucking ridiculous. The one celebrity news. Oh, uh, okay. dying. <laughs> is there more? Yeah, okay. I thought there was one more. Cool, cool. But uh, yeah, we'll be back and we'll be doing all that happy horse shit. Where's the uh, breaks? Uh, here we go. Cool. Hey, it's Ryder. Your favorite little phone sex doll. 
let's get real for a moment. When was the last time you had a girl down on her knees worshiping your fucking perfect cock? Over on Night Flirt, my friends and I, we take really, really good care of you. We are real girls offering real connections over the phone and through personal messaging. We have it all. Whether you're looking for dirty talk, role plays, or even just a friend to talk to, call me. Don't worry. Your wife, your girlfriend, your friends, they're never going to find out. Nothing will ever show up on your phone bill, so you can be sure your dirty little secrets are safe with me. Sign up for nightflirt.com. And if you hit me up on Twitter at FlirtRiderDoll and let me know that you heard me on the Robin Slim Show, I'm going to hook you up with some free minutes for you to get a hold of the perfect little cocksucker of your dreams. This is horror author Isaac Thorne. Do you love Halloween? I have a new collection of short tales of dark horror that I guarantee will set you on edge. Road Kills features 11 short tales of dark comic horror and one spine-tingling screenplay. Right now you are safe. Just don't forget about what's waiting for you between the pages of my new book. Road Kills is available for order now from Amazon.com and other retailers in either paperback or ebook formats. It's there. It's waiting. For you. Enjoy the ride. Epileptic adults, study! Epileptic adults in high crime neighborhoods have seizures more often. Is that true, Dress? Yeah. What about that other chain, Little Caesars? Yeah, nah, I don't like that place. I heard you opened his Drizzlebees next door to one once and it didn't turn out so good. Yeah, I, you, I, I know, but fucking Little Caesars didn't do good at all. All your customers are biting their better. fucking tongues off, I heard, right? You have a drizzle on a seizure, victim? Yeah, no comment. A new study points links! Between level of crime in a community to the frequency of seizures, seizure bunga, suffered by adults with epilepsy over the course of 30 days, epileptic seizures, people who lived in high crime areas in Chicago had three seizures on average compared with one seizure for the low crime communities in the city for the win. Yeah, what are you supposed to do when somebody points a gun at you? It's not a win a when you only have one seizure compared to three, Driz. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's a win. I think that's God's work right there. Epilepsy is a brain disorder that causes seizures and uh, affects roughly 3.4 million people in the U.S. for the win. That's a lot of 3.4s. Gigawatts, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, epileptic seizures can last a few seconds to five minutes or longer. That's a big time frame, isn't that, Driz? Too big of a time frame. While findings indicate there may be a significant link between neighborhood crime, status, and seizure activity, I've never heard such a link ever made, Driz. Yeah, I knew this way before they figured it out. Why didn't you say it, you motherfucker? Yo, because I just keep my fucking data to myself. The seizure community can use that, you fucking selfish bastard. Yeah, but I wanted to use it to fuck with people with epilepsy. You trying to give people seizures? 
Yeah. Previous yeah, I know who, where to fucking commit crimes with the seizures and shit. Yeah, yeah. Previous research also indicates that living in a disadvantaged or violent neighborhood can cause stress in children. You don't want to stress out those children, do you, Yeah, you, you want them. You like the children, right? Yeah, I like too much from what I've been told. I like to stress them out. Why would you ever stress out a child like that? This research is preliminary, and we haven't locked in any uh, factors, says the guy who's in charge of it. That guy's a real piece of shit. <laughs> wow. So you don't even know if that fucking shit is real or not. That's ridiculous. <laughs> One guy had a seizure. I have more seizures in crime-ridden areas. I have less seizures, you fucking crime-ridden motherfucker. Yeah. Holy shit. Seizure victims are starting to brag about their seizures. We're really in the end times. I think that's one of the one of the chapters in Revelations, the book of seizures, starring little seizures. Five dollar coupons at Little Caesars. Chip, drunk driver slept in a Tesla, appeared uh, on Highway 101 on autopilot. That's what you do, right, Jersey? You put your car in, uh, in cruise control and you go to sleep, right? Yeah, I thought Tesla was like a fucking time machine or something. When a pair of California Highway Patrol officers pulled alongside a car cruising down Highway 101 in Redwood City yeah. before dawn on Friday, they reported a shocking sight. A man fast asleep behind a wheel for the win. Yeah. What else are you going to do if you got a self-driving car, right, motherfuckers? Yeah, that's the whole point, right? You get fucking wasted. You throw back a glass. Yeah, you shit up and you fall asleep, motherfuckers. The car was a Tesla. The man was a lost Altos planning commissioner. And uh, the ensuing freeway stop turned into a complex seven-minute operation. What, did they have to cut him open, Driz? It was an operation. Yeah, I think they had to stop the car first, right? Because of self-driving. Like, how do you tell the self-driving car to stop? They arrest the 45-year-old Alexander Samick. On suspicion of drunken driving, reignited questions about the uses and potential abuses of self-driving technology for the win. Reached around by phone uh, Friday in an interview, Samick, a real estate developer who runs Core Group, said, I can't talk right now and hung up. That's how you answer one of those phone calls, right, Chance? Yeah, you don't gotta I heard down. that's how you answer all your phone calls down at Crystal Bees. Yeah, usually. Like, I'll got time for this. Officers walked up to the Tesla and attempted to wake up Samick by knocking on the window and giving verbal commands, Montiel said. After Samick woke up and got out of his Tesla, he was placed in the back of a patrol car and shit all over the place for the win. Yeah. What else are you going to do when you're all fucked up in a Tesla, right, Trace? Yeah. That's, that's a self-wiping Tesla. Yeah. You're going to pay a little extra for that, right? Yeah. Sa- Samick knows how to do it. You ever wipe a Tesla victim? Yeah, of course. In 2016, a man was killed in Florida. After the Model 5, he was driving, collided with a tractor trailer while the Tesla was an autopilot. But he, what does that have to do with this drunk guy? This drunk guy was just... Yeah, it's the fucking car's fault. You, do you live gotta in, arrest that car. He's living his best life, Dangerous. Yeah, if like the fucking car is an autopilot and it runs into another car, then you arrest the car. That's the car's fault. You fucking arrest that car. You put it to death. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Mother who brought her, brought her daughter and a friend to camp overnight in a Walmart store in Michigan is address, arrested on drug possession charges. Yeah. 
What kind of camp was that, Driz? That was a Walmart camp. Did I have those? Yeah. A mother in Michigan was arrested on drug charges after bringing her daughter and a friend to Walmart to camp overnight. Officers in a Mesa County were called to Walmart store regarding suspicious situation around 6.49 a.m. on Saturday for the win. When deputies arrived, Walmart employees told her there were two young girls reportedly found camping in the store's clothing section. Isn't that fun for kids, Driz? You can't afford a fucking campsite, you bring me to Walmart. Yeah, that's what my mother always does, she has to drop me off at Walmart every camp there. Yeah. You ever get, uh, you ever had, what was the worst camp, uh, situation you had to go on there, Driz? Yo, there was one time when I was camping out in the men's room, and this old dude came in, and he was like, Yo, Driz, do you want to suck my cock? And I was like, okay, it was a really bad experience. One of the girls left her cell phone behind, and they were able to get in touch with one of the mothers. Sheriff Kim Cole. Is that a woman? They can't be sheriffs. Isn't that in the Bible, Driz? Yeah. Well, this, uh... Yo, only men can be, like, fucking people in uniforms. This sacrilegious sheriff said the mother of one of the girls allegedly took her, took her to the store around a, at 2 a.m. Is that not a time camp start, Driz? What? She's subsequently returned to meet with the deputies. They discovered she was carrying heroin, cocaine, and methamphetamine for the win. Yeah, y'all fucking lot of drugs. That's what you teach the kids. Yeah, you gotta teach I'm them young. Yeah. The woman was arrested and faces charges of drug possession. <laughs> the store is 24 hours. Is that the woman or is that the deputy? Yeah, I thought that's the deputy or something. He's he looks smiling. Good. Why is he yeah. so happy? He got all that meth? That kind of looks like the old guy that I met in the bathroom. Yeah. A YouTube search returned almost 2 million results. I guess all everyone's bringing their kids to Walmart camp nowadays. And there's a yeah. Toys R Us camp too. And a Best Buy camp. High. And even a trampoline park. Yeah. Where's trampoline park? I'll just drop your fucking kids off at the nearest fucking store or something. Yeah. <laughs> Where's trampoline park? I don't know. What is a trampoline park? park? Is it just like... Oh, <laughs> it's just a wide open field just with like trampolines set up Five trampolines and a meth lab. <laughs> That's what you do with your kids when you're cooking and smoking them. <laughs> you just set up a bunch of trampolines. Holy fuck. Put up a sign that says trampoline park. <laughs> so nobody knows you're cooking meth. All right. <laughs> I like Cardi. I guess all of them. Cardi, right. Pete, and Kanye. Okay, we're I guess Kanye over. second. Kanye second. So yeah. Cardi, Kanye, Pete. <laughs> Carney, Cardi. Carney, Cardi. Good stuff. That sounds like a uh, concarde. <laughs> this is slim celebrity gossip and news. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Make sure everyone can see I didn't this. know what to say about that. <laughs> Make sure everyone can see this. Alright, yeah. Cardi B is a fucking idiot. <laughs> what the Wow. Why are their eyes on the I don't even know? <laughs> Cardi B goes wild in Miami. Let the champagne flow on your ass. On your ass. Yo champagne ass. on your ass. What's on like your ass? Tiger it's, fucking yeah. body paint. Yes. But is, oh, the ass is like the tiger fucking mouth with the nose above it. 
Oh, is that it? Yeah, because there's the eyes. The eyes are on the back, so the front no of her is... No wonder Cardi B couldn't make it to her court hearing. She skipped the court hearing for this. Oh, and she's Do actually this? walking like a fucking animal. What the... Wow, what a creep. She's on all fours. And her court appearance is from punching people in the face randomly at bars. <laughs> no wonder Cardi B couldn't make it to her court hearing Monday. In New York City, she's hosting a wild-ass twerk fest in Miami. What the fuck? <laughs> what a piece of shit. Anything is else? Is that a pole? Oh, yeah, she has poles set up on the beach for her to twerk. <laughs> okay, it's not a party. Discover how rewarding it's it is to play at your newest and closest casino yeah. resort. Resorts World Catskills. You, you that at any time, you. right? Yeah. The rapper uh, was covered head-to-toe in tiger body paint while shooting a music video. Well, she put in some serious twerk on a floating stripper pole. And when we say twerking, we mean lots of twerking. Oh my god. That is terrible. <laughs> this is a music video. Wow. Alright. <laughs> that nonsense. Party shooting with the Miami duo City Girls, one of whom was in zebra body paint. Yeah, we saw that. They kept the party going uh, on a yacht with more than a dozen bikini clad chicks who were also laying their asses do the talking. So, wow. Way to cut court for a good reason. That is terrible. Like, wow. I, it's not even sexy. It's just bad. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Holy fuck. What's the next story? <laughs> Kanye West apologizes for a share show mishap. I don't know. Like, just the fact that you're going to Kanye, a uh, share show, like, you know, like, I don't think there's much expected of you at a share show. Like, I don't know who he went for. I feel like he didn't go for himself. I feel like he didn't what? want, like, who would want to go to a share show? So, what is he apologizing for? He's apologizing for going to a share Read show? Read the story. Or? I don't right. know. <laughs> um, Kanye, oh, that's an update. We'll skip that. Kanye West and Kim Kardashian had a date uh, night Monday in New York City to see the new show about Cher's life on Broadway but it ain't going so well, according to one cast member. The Cher show is currently in the middle of its opening night, and tons of celebs, including Kim, Kanye, and Cher herself, are in attendance. However, cast member uh, Gerard Spector... Jared. Jared. Gerard. Uh, Jared Spector. Also known as Gerard. In some <laughs> circles. <laughs> who plays... Uh, Sonny. Sonny in the show, wasn't too pleased with Kanye's audience etiquette. Um, Why, did he talk about just tweeted, spaceships and shit? <laughs> hey, yeah, Kanye West, so cool that you're here. If you look up from your cell phone, you'll see we're doing a show up here. I don't blame him. If I had to go to a share musical and someone dragged me to, I'd be on my cell phone the whole time. Like, yeah, I, I think this, I can't hate Kanye for this. No, I think this Spectre guy is just an asshole. You're you're doing a share show. Like, what do you fucking yeah. expect? I, do, you expect I honestly everyone don't to be think, into it. I, I like I said, I figured he probably got dragged to it or something like for you know some publicity shit. But yeah, mm -hmm. so yeah, shame him for being on his phone. I. I don't see the story in this. No, this guy's just butthurt. But this guy in it got shit. all, yeah, yeah. You're not looking at me. 
Uh, yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> it's kind of a big deal for us. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what was he skiing as Sonny Bono? Was he like crashing into trees and getting crippled? Like just like Sonny Bono? Like what else? Hey Kanye, look at me crippling myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's the skiing scene. Pay attention, <laughs> motherfucker. You're gonna see some good shit right here. Fuck. Or what? When she just beat the fuck out of him. I don't, I don't know, whatever fucking shitty marriage story they had. It's the scene where Cher beat up Sonny, who was like two feet tall. It's just a, kind of the same and thing as like feet. as going to back to like people that start like YouTube channels and like, oh, I'm not getting enough likes. Like, oh, you're not looking at me. But there was probably plenty of people in the fucking audience that were looking at you. You're still holding on just, to that fat guy from years ago? Yeah. <laughs> Who was that? Slambo's friend or your friend? I think it was like one of Slambo's friends. He's <laughs> just like, oh, like my YouTube video. Uh, Pete Davidson blasts online trolls. I won't kill myself. Why not? Why do people want you Pete Davidson to What's up with his nose? Why is his nose so fucked up? Did it get broken? Did That's he a, do a lot of coke? It's had a fucking to, yeah. fat, gnarly <laughs> nose. Yeah. It's, it's, I think the bad hair is to like try to take some attention away from that awful nose, but it doesn't work, Pete Davidson. I'm sorry. <laughs> you might want to kill yourself if you got that nose. Everything about his face is kind of goofy, like the, the big-ass fucking lips. <laughs> Crooked teeth. <laughs> He's a genetic disaster. <laughs> He's not going to kill himself. He's letting genetics do it for everybody. Pete Davidson's frustrations with the online trolls. Scroll down. <laughs> I can't even look at that. Okay. Have reached peak level. He's putting them on blast and says no matter how many times they tell him to, he won't kill himself. <laughs> they just keep trolling him, telling him to kill himself. Like, no, just, I, I don't care. I will not yeah. kill myself. I, I don't care how many times you tell me to do it. I'm not going to do it. I won't. Wow. <laughs> the SNL star says <laughs> he just couldn't keep quiet any longer about the constant harassment he's been uh, getting since he and Ariana Grande started dating. He says he's been getting bullied online and in public <laughs> oh, for the last that. nine months, but doesn't say in what. But now he's bugging out because they're not dating home. anymore. Like back then, yeah. he was like, "All right, I got Ariana." And now he's like, "Yeah, no, I'm not killing myself, trolls." Do you want to repeat Davidson's entire uh, rant about it? Well, if you want, it's your fucking segment. <laughs> I've kept my mouth shut. Just never mentioned any names. Never said a word about anyone or anything. I'm trying to understand how when something happens to a guy, the whole entire world just trashes him without any facts or frame of reference. Especially in today's climate. Where everyone loves to be offended and upset. It truly is mind-boggling. I want you to just redo that in a minute. I got... <laughs> all right. Because <laughs> oh, that wasn't even all of it. There was way more. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> just wait. You're going to do it all uh, when I get something going here. Uh, let's see. What's a good one? Uh, maybe this one. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, wait. No. I think this one. I'm going to start it, but it's going to... I'm going to pause it. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, okay. This is my new track, Stop Bullying, by Pete Davidson. Yo. Yo, motherfucker, I've kept my mouth shut. Never mentioned any names. Never said a word about anyone or anything. I'm trying to understand how when something happens to a guy, the whole entire world just trashes him without any facts or frame of reference, especially in today's climate, where everyone loves to be fucking offended and upset. It truly is fucking mind-boggling. <laughs> I've been getting online bullied 
and in public by people for nine months. I've spoken about BPD and being suicidal publicly, only in the hopes that it will help bring awareness and it helps kids like myself who don't want to be on this earth. I really don't want to be on this earth. I just want you guys to know I want to fucking kill myself. No matter how hard the internet or anyone tries to make me kill myself, even though I want to kill myself, I won't. I'm upset. I even have to say this. To all those holding me down and seeing this is for what it is. I see you. I fucking love you. And I'm not gonna fucking kill myself, but I really want to fucking kill myself. Yeah. Pete. <laughs> That's coming up as a new chance. <laughs> I love that piece I like the chance. Wow. I, just, I like uh, the ability to do any other voice than the Triz. It's a real one trick pony. Oh, God. I really want to apologize to Pete. Thank you. Next. What is that? Like? I don't know. Sorry, I dipped. I guess she's like fucking feeling bad. She's, she's leaving him with all this. All this good shit that he inherited. Oh, God. My face hurts. I'm going to break. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> that was the best Drift song ever. I want more <laughs> fucking Drift songs written by Pete Davidson. That's his name? Yeah. Pete Davidson? All right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, we're going to do Instagram fucking Drift songs by Pete Davidson starting next week. That'll be the new Drift things. Oh, my God. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? Mm. What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pills deliver the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. 800-605-1683. 800-605-1683. That's 800-605-1683. Have you visited Club Midnight? The hottest virtual nightclub on the internet today. Club Midnight. That's M-I-D-N-Y-T-E. Music, authors, filmmakers, and so much more for the dark at heart. Club Midnight, where darklings come to play. Clubmidnight.com C-L-U-B-M-I-D-N-Y-T-E dot com Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee, the editor and creator, fluffer for Comics Watching Comics, and you're listening to The Robin Slim Show. Robinson Show, we are back with Ryan Patrick Welsh, correct? 
Yeah, that's right. Hey, guys. Hey, Ryan. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate that. Thanks for coming on, man. You're an actor um, in L.A., originally from Detroit, correct? Yeah, that's true. Um, and actually, with Outpost in particular, um, I uh, co-wrote and co-directed the film with uh, Justin Giddings. He's another creator uh, that was based out in L.A. Cool. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know you co-wrote and directed it as well. That's awesome because that's where I first came across you, and the trailer looks really cool. Um, in your words, what's the synopsis? So uh, the uh, the last uh, citizen is sent out into the farthest outpost um, in search of um, new uh, habitable homes for humanity and uh, in search of intelligent life. And uh, he's sent alone with this android, um, and uh, they sort of they develop this bond, and uh, all of the his values are sort of put to the test when they finally make a breakthrough in that research, and he's forced to choose, you know. So the citizens. Uh, are, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ryan. Yes, please. Yeah. The citizens no, are they right. are they sent to look for inhabitable inhabitable places for humanity? Who are the citizens? Yes, that is right. Okay, that is right. Citizens are are are, are like scientist soldiers, basically. They're um, they're genetically engineered uh, humans that are sent off to these uh, lonely outposts to do their research and try to find uh, where is the next the next home for humanity. And uh, and he kind of he finally makes that breakthrough in his research um, and maybe makes contact with something and. Uh, but making contact with that thing might cost him everything. Whoa! And I also want to know: is is the backstory of how the all the other citizens got wiped out? Is that in the movie as well? Like it just sounds so cool. Uh, yeah, you know, we we have a really rich backstory that we had to fill out for the for this entire world. But um, yeah, no, this is a this is a taste. This is a this one's a short film. Okay. Um, we have uh, we have a feature uh, that was commissioned, and that's. Um, almost complete in terms of its first draft. Um, cool. And uh, we have a lot of things that we'd like to do with the property and with the world in general, but uh, we'll have to see kind of how the release goes. We're looking at in quarter one of next year cool, uh, doing the public release. We've been doing film festivals for the past six months or so, and and then, you know, we'll unleash it onto the world. It's been doing well in the festivals, correct? Yeah, it has. It's, it's We've had a really good reception, and this is um, one of the things that we discovered in the process of doing this, actually, was that, uh, you know, when we were going into it, we were like, let's make something that everybody likes. Everybody likes sci-fi. They like big like, this stuff. And then we realized that, no, actually, not everybody likes sci-fi. <laughs> it's like a super niche uh, genre. And I think I we were just too embedded in our, in our own geekdom to, like, fully understand that like oh no that's like a that's a super genre uh specific thing i don't know though i think <laughs> if it's done right though you're gonna hit like the next star trek or the next star wars like, no you're totally can. right it you're can, totally right man. but but star trek is also you know it's it, it's a it's a unique sort of beast where you have a lot of diehard fans and you have a lot of people who who um maybe sort of poo-poo that that whole thing so yeah we're uh yeah but anyway the uh, so we we um, we did really well uh, with the with the festival run, and feel really good about where we showcase and how we showcase. We won a few awards. We won this amazing um, at uh, this amazing like Cthulhu statue um, for some of the uh, for some of the awards at one of the festivals. 
That's um, awesome. The statue itself is like a it's this incredible work of art, and it puts little Oscar statues to shame. Not in prestige, <laughs> though. Let's be honest, it's a Cthulhu statue. <laughs> yes, but in, in yeah. design, it's totally cool. That's yeah, really way awesome. better than an Oscar. Were you gonna ask them something? <laughs> well, something? no, I was. Ju- I, I was just gonna say um, that I do find that to be true because uh, with the science fiction thing, um, there are a lot of science fiction stories that you would think would appeal to a wide group of people but yeah. i do know people yeah. are like oh it's got an alien it's got a robot and they're just write it off like yeah no i'm not watching yeah, that immediately wow. Yeah. yeah wow no I would, um, I would be all in i'd be like yeah that's that's cool stuff i want to see that yeah <laughs> it, it kind of seems well, too right yeah <laughs> i do i want to check it out <laughs> i love uh, i love seeing the one tweet like oh my god this is uh this is an indie film it looks amazing i just love the fact that it looks like not only a love story, but also like a badass action movie as well. Like, it looks like it's yeah. got everything. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, we're we're um, uh, we hope that this isn't the the end of the story of that world or that property. Anyway, it's uh, it's it, it's a really big grand proof of concept. Um, and you know, we've been working on a number of other things. Uh, we Justin and I we do a lot of writing in general and have been commissioned to write several features and so as time goes on hopefully we will be positioned in a in the in the coming years and with the success of this film as well um that that we can actually take this to somebody or to that this can find the right home yeah um you know and it's it it, it is a little different it's a big it's a big it's a big world it's a big um it's epic you know it it has it has size and that um it's it's harder to find a home for that in an indie space so um we're kind of we're still we're still imagining around ways that we can do that and you know um what are some turns on it some that we can focus the story a little differently um you know so that maybe we can pull it off uh, on a bigger a bigger story um but on a you know smaller in a smaller sandbox, if that makes sense. So, so from um, what what you're saying, this is kind of what I'm getting is that um, you and your buddy had decided you wanted to make this epic, like whether it was a film trilogy or something really mm-hmm. big, and you've been working on it for years, and you got it really fleshed out, and then like this movie, um, what is it, Outpost? You're you're kind of like here's a little taste of it, and we'll see if people like that. And then we can show them the rest of it. But there's also a possibility that people may never see the rest of what you've already created. Yeah. So in terms of what we've what we've already created, like uh, that's actually a a, a layered question. A lot of what we had um, wanted to do with this film as filmmakers was kind of make a statement of um, what we're capable of. You know, the, the, the film that we had shot just prior to that was this um, really character-driven indie drama about a young deaf woman who has a surgery that will allow her to hear and kind of the unforeseen ramifications that that decision, um, how that plays out in her life. And, uh, and we really love telling stories like that. And then we, but we're also really into um, stories that, that have a bigger back Flash if that, yeah. and and uh, and we wanted to to uh, as a way to start we wanted to give people a taste of this is kind of how we might build something and how we might want to tell stories in this world and that forced us to sort of build a world around the story we were telling so that we just understood where everything was coming from 
and um and and you know but there's there's a lot of there's a a lot of unpredictability in um in creative fields in general um so you know we're 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 hopeful we're really proud of the work that we did and we have um good things on the horizon and you know i i that's a really long way of saying like, yeah, there is a possibility that no one will, <laughs> will that, that people won't hear the, the rest of the, the, the grand story that exists. Um, but there are also a lot of different ways that that could play out, you know? Yeah. Um, so we have, uh, you know, we're, we're, we've explored, uh, fleshing them out as graphic novels or. That's what um, I was going to ask if it was like headed yeah. toward that direction as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, we're open to the different ways that the story could unfold. So likely if, uh, if the right people see it and, and it gets the right kind of attention, um, and the right budget, you know, yes. uh, we could, it, it'll have a life as a, as a film, as yeah. a feature. Um, uh, we have, uh, within the same world, not necessarily the same characters that are seen in the short, but within the same world, we have a we have a pilot script as well um, for a you know a continuous series, cool. and then um, we have uh, yeah, and then we've explored graphic novel stuff. So yes, um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. We're we're um, always working on the next thing, and uh, we try not to to spend too much time, you know, hoping for this particular thing to be the thing that. That, yeah. uh, that, you know, breaks forward. So That's cool, yeah, to have other options. I wanted to ask you too, Ryan, um, you're the lead male. The lead female is also named Ryan. Does it ever get confusing in directing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, so on set, I was just, I was just Welsh. Oh, um, I, I so, was wondering yeah. if they had, like, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh -huh. Yeah, so she, they'd call, uh, we'd refer to her as Ryan, and uh, I was just called Welsh. And that's actually the way it is. Um, pretty often because she's the, uh, uh, she's the wife of the other director. So, um, it gets particularly confusing for him because we work so closely all the time. So I'm very used to at this point, um, my, my name on set just being Welsh. <laughs> That's cool. Um, yeah. I figured there was some way or like N and N, -N cause her name is two yeah. N's, right? Like I was, I was wondering N squared <laughs> and N squared N. and double N. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's triple N yeah. somewhere like, <laughs> That's right. That's somewhere out there. There must be. Um, but, uh, yeah. So it, it, the, well, it's we found we found workarounds. Primarily. Yeah, just, you know, it, it it made it feel a lot more like a sporting event for me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just the like I had the name on my name on the back. Get in there, Welsh. Just, yeah. being called, just being called Welsh all the time. You know, it was a very sort of high school experience. Yes, Welsh. I was just gonna say, like in high school, my all of our friends would call each other our last names. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It. That's, that's so. I guess that's that little part of me that never grew up. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> just gonna follow me around. But uh, no, it's it, it was a it was a blast to make. It was really stressful um, in terms of trying to do so much uh, on on on, rel on a relatively small budget. Um, but we were, we got really lucky with the support around the film, um, uh, both you know financially and and with talent. Uh, we had the, our VFX uh, guru is the guy who was one of the lead VF, VFX artists on Prometheus and Harry Potter and Deathly oh. Hallows and um, yeah. and uh, one of those other 
uh, Chronicles of Narnia films or something. And he had uh, he had just moved to Los Angeles when we were in pre-production from uh, London. And we uh, we got a meeting with him and uh, we, we pitched all of our stuff and we're really excited about it. And he uh, he's like, yeah, so you can't afford me. Um, you, you know, I'm, I'm way over you your head's there and we're like yeah of course of course yeah, yeah we should have known i'm sorry and he goes but i love the project and i'll tell you what we'll do this you take um you give me as much time as i need and i'll give you uh the film that you want and that's what it was uh so because i gave him a say, lot of time in post yeah yeah it, it looks like a, a big budget film like from the trailer look well that's yeah that was um and you know what? What we realized, we learned a lot of, around that. I mean, you know, we're we're still young filmmakers ourselves in terms of our, you know, how we're how we're uh, developing our own craft within that. But um, you know, it, it it that to achieve that, you you have to be aiming for quality literally at every level and at every stage in production. Um, nice. And and for us, you know, every corner that we cut, we feel it. And we can kind of see it. I hopefully we've masked it in, in, in areas as best we could. But, you know, um, we really made it a point that when we're going through this production process, that when we had a choice to make, that we were You're making the right them, ones um, with that kind of end result in mind, if, if that makes sense. That does. When will, um, it, when will the movie be out, Ryan? So we're looking at um, so the first quarter of next year. We haven't we haven't picked an exact release date yet. We're coordinating with a couple of other pieces, but um, yeah, sometime in the first three months of of 20, uh, 2019. Cool, cool. Definitely looking forward to checking it out. Definitely. What did you start acting uh, before you went to LA, Ryan? Did you act in uh, Detroit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was uh, I went to school for acting and um, and grad school and. I was actually planning on just being a Shakespearean, like classical actor. That's really what I, I, uh, I felt I really excelled in, in terms of theater and, and that type of thing. And, and, uh, right out of grad school, I had booked a couple of things in LA and one of them was this, uh, ridiculous, um, uh, show. It was called, um, bite me. It was a zombie comedy about these I saw gamers that. who, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and that's where I met Justin, my co-writer and co-director. And, and, you know, out of that, um, we started collaborating on a pilot and then we started writing a lot and then we started getting paid to write more. And then we started making our own films. And, you know, before I knew it, um, acting was something that I really loved doing and still love doing. Um, but, uh, but the, but, you know, a, a focus has shifted quite a bit toward more of the behind the camera stuff. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's closer to the fingertips. You need a lot of people to say yes to you as an actor. Um, you, you know, uh, from right out the gate, you need people to yeah. say yes, come to this audition, and yes, come to this callback, and yes, come to this screen test, and yes, we're going to pay you to do this, and then say yes to you every day on set, uh, and not hire somebody else. You know, yeah. um, and uh, as a writer, anyway, at least with the with the um, the the creation, the impulse to create, uh, that's all, that's all at your fingertips. You know, you can start in your pajamas, you know, with a <laughs> cup of coffee at your, at your computer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't, um, nobody needs to say yes to you to just do the act of creating it. Yes. You need somebody to say yes eventually at yes. some point. And, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, 
but um and sign off on it yeah, so yeah exactly you could just you can get it started you can get it rolling on your own that's that's awesome yeah yeah i like too i i thought of uh patrick stewart when you said shakespearean because that's how he started just shakespearean actor <laughs> yeah. and that's all he's yeah, doing he's, and, and he's look at him now prolific for sure yes Yes, uh, Ryan. I wanted to ask too. What was um your play, Last of the Wild Buffalo? What was that about? Oh my God, that's so cool! Thank you for asking about that. I was not expecting to talk about it. Um, I wrote this. Um, yeah, I, I my first full length play. Um, I, I just uh, completed a, a, another draft on. Anyway, it was called. Uh, it's called Last of the Wild Buffalo, and um, it uh, it just had a, a. It was a part of a staged reading series um, at the road theater in Los Angeles. And it's looking um, like it'll be featured in the summer playwrights festival this summer um, at that, at that same theater company. And um, yeah, it, 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 it's about these two brothers um, who are home for the holidays and sharing their childhood bedroom uh, once again, and all the kind of injuries and, and mistakes of their past, uh, come out to hunt them. That's what I I thought it was like, yeah, like kind of a dark comedy about like brothers, but like, yeah, from the title, it didn't like uh, once I read the synopsis, I was like, that's pretty, sounds pretty amazing. Yeah. It's um, yeah. I, it, it's the type of show that at at least with my theater background, anyway, it's the type of show that I really liked being a part of and liked acting in. And, and, you know, it has a lot of influences. I can, say pretty clearly anyway that um my favorite playwrights definitely i can feel their influence in this play as well and there's a you know guys like sam shepherd or john patrick shanley and um where where it's really about um examining the family in hopefully really honest ways not cruel but just honest you know families yeah we carry injuries in very um i think uh, profound ways sometimes and how that affects us, injuries that we sustain as, as, as kids, um, injuries to relationships and connections, and then how that plays out in future relationships and how that plays out with the people that never let you really be different than what they understood you to be as a, as a kid. And all of that comes out in this play, you know, how we really see how the stuff that these guys experienced when they were younger and the things they did to each other, how that has created just shockwaves of emotional destruction with um, primarily like the women in their lives and and um yeah anyway i don't want to give away too much that's and cool then, though I I, like, i'm making it sound subject. very dramatic but it's, <laughs> it, it, it is a dark comedy it's definitely that's great there's that's... a comedic lens to it yeah. cool cool and uh is it you said it's going to be uh it's going to be playing this it's coming up soon and then the yeah spring, uh, this, or? right now it's um it it uh it's looking right now like it's going to be at the summer playwrights festival Cool. Uh, at the Road Theater um, this this coming summer. Awesome. Um, so that would be that would be really cool. And then, um, yeah, I'm hoping to get a production of it set up in in um, Chicago. Uh, being a little closer to the Midwest, it feels like a a good uh, a good spot to do that. When it comes to writing plays, anyway, I really wanted to take it back home. You know, That's I write what I was about wondering. you know write stories about. Families in Michigan, or you know, kind of the types of families that I knew growing up, and yeah, and kind of focus on that. What's that old saying? Write what you know. 
Yes. I guess, yes. I guess yes. that's what I'm... <laughs> I'm, I'm on an issue too. You mentioned uh, Bite Me. Was that was that a comedy? It was a zombie. Uh, oh my god! It was series, it, right? it was a ridiculous comedy. It was the dumbest comedy. And I mean, dumb. And I I realize I say this around comedy. If I give something the the description of dumb, it means I love it. Yes. <laughs> As a comedy, yeah, it was the dumbest comedy. It was. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was about these three, you know, by all, you know, for all intents and purposes, these three kind of loser, you know, mid-20 gamers. They had failed to grow up, very arrested development um, in, that, in that respect. And um, they spent all their time gaming together and their lives are kind of stalled out. And then the zombie apocalypse hits and those three idiots are uniquely prepared because of their... <laughs> You know, they played a lot of the zombies. Yeah, of they, they knew what was coming. <laughs> a lot yeah, of Left 4 Dead. Years and, of yeah. 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 <laughs> That's right. They're uniquely prepared to deal with the situation at hand. Last um, of Us, yeah. So, That's cool. It was fun. Yeah, it was. that was a really good time. We had, we had a lot of fun with that. Is, is that a web series? Because I went to try to find it, but it, it didn't. I, I think I tried going to the YouTube, but it wasn't up. Yeah, so um, there was a... There's a company called machinima that um is mainly known for like video game tutorials and things like that and they partnered with lionsgate and um the first two seasons were were formatted as web web formatted shows and there was talk of expanding in season three but i think they got cold feet about you know dropping cash on another season of, of zombie comedy um Zombie. You know, that was yeah, zombie. That's it. <laughs> uh, so they, uh, yeah, so it, it it lived as a web series for a while, and then um, I don't, you know, I don't know, because I've noticed the same thing. It 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 had uh, they took the episodes in their original sort of posting on YouTube or whatever, and then combined them all into one giant video, so you can see all of season one and one. Uh, like hour, fifteen minute video, and then season two is a couple hours or something. So it's um, they're out there somewhere. Uh, I think they're on Hulu too, maybe. Okay. I, I haven't checked in a long time, so I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Awesome. And but, Ryan, besides what we talked about, do you have any um, other upcoming like projects that you could tell us about? Yeah, we're um, so Justin and I are, are working on this uh, script right now. For a production company out in LA that is looking really cool, that would bring it, that would bring us, um, hopefully, if uh, if all if all comes together, that would bring us to Louisville to uh, kind of work around this old uh, urban legends, urban myth of the uh, they call it the Popelik monster. So um, we were commissioned to uh, to create a story kind of around that, and we're, we've been developing that for a little bit, and um, yeah, second draft is coming along really well, and. Uh, I don't know. We got our fingers crossed. This is a good, it's a really good production company. And their last film, uh, Rust Creek, um, is, uh, looks fantastic. And, um, so yeah, I mean, we're, we've got that and, and, uh, I'm working on my second play right now and writing the first draft of that. And, um, and that's, I think that's probably about where we are right now. Sounds like we're on the right track. uh, Keep yeah, Sounds like an fire. yeah. Ryan, thank you so much. We have to uh, we have to cut this off, but where can everybody find you? Uh, yeah, you can. I'm I'm at um, I'm on Twitter at Ryan Welsh twenty five, um, 
and uh, I'm on Facebook as well. I'm terrible at the social media stuff. I'm gonna be honest with you. So, I, like, I, I, as I was saying that, I was forgetting what my Twitter handle was. Um, <laughs> so I guess the best place is at Ryan Welsh 25 on Twitter. That's where I'm at. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for talking to us, dude. All right. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. Have a good one. You too. Bye bye. Bye, Ryan. Very cool. Very cool. And like I said, definitely check out that trailer, Outpost, the movie, I think. It, it sounds really cool. It, yeah. yeah like, uh, I was very impressed. Very impressed with it. Always interesting when people build, like, world I build like that. that, where they have that yeah. the whole world behind it and then take, like, a piece of it. Like, that sounds awesome. Absolutely. We will be back with actor Steve Hamm. All right. Let's see. What do I have here? Is this? Oh, wait. Do I have to hit this? I'm trying to figure out Spotify. This is the Slambagini himself, baby. And if you're a listener of the Robin Slim Show, then I'm sure you're a fan of Sauces Matisse. We open lots of our best shows with his songs. But don't wait to hear his music's just on our show, baby. Go to SoySauceSound.com and listen all the time. With 10 albums for free or of little charge. With the option of purchasing for a donation. Almost 100 songs so far. New music is constantly dropping. You'd have to be a real piece of shit not to. He has killer tracks like Only Sometimes. Sometimes my music doesn't make a lot of moolah sense Because I'm a dash of Adam Driver, makes it coupon sense Matt's a dapper dude, dashing, but I'm foobar mess Give me a beat, give me a pen in the pattern, then who got next? Me, you got teeth coming after you like you was a nest I never deceive when I'm rapping, I'ma do it for next I cannot believe what some veterans would do for a check Because I'm a beast and I'm better, but I'm goofy as heck Nerd Punk What's my pitch to be an internet sensation? I call these godly marketers sixth internet sensation Cause it's data and it's dedicated, intricate and patient But with every waking day I strain to pick up with the patient Every time I'm feeling like the slightest hint of doubt I just keep on fucking writing so my light don't fizzle out And expectations your expectations You go to work after ain't nobody heard That ain't, ain't nobody yearn for you rapping any words That it worry cause you're sure that a rapper spitting verses As perfect as you have is deserving of a sure pass Sure, yeah, oh it's the entitlement and attitude. Look, everybody gotta pat you on the back. But alas, you're a hack and you're whack, so you have to lower your expectations. So, what are you waiting for, baby? Go to soysawsound.com and start listening today. Yeah! You're listening to the Rob and Slim Show. Why? I don't know. You could be taking a shit or something. Rob and Slim Show. Hey, it's Steve Ham. Hey, Steve Ham, actor. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Good. How are good. you? We're good. Actor, you're in uh, Sandusky, Ohio, correct, Steve? That's correct. Cool. And uh, when did you start acting? Because when I looked you up, you have uh, you have 23 and a half years in the military, correct? That's correct. What? So yeah, what? Um, what started you acting? Uh, it's actually kind of a funny story. Um, about uh, six months before I actually retired, I just uh, had a wild uh, thought to uh, try a, uh, an acting class or acting workshop. And I was still in uh, uh, Tennessee at the time. And I just happened to find a, uh, a workshop run by a, uh, a guy who used to be a uh, full contract player for a daytime soap opera. And I took his weekend class. And uh, after doing uh, two days of uh, cold reads, you know, with just reading the script that's in your hands and just trying to act it out as best you can, I guess you could say the acting bug kind of hit me right at that point. So um, I figured, I said this is something I really want to pursue, you know, once I uh, finally get out of the service. But yeah. as any uh, 
uh, actor or newcomer actor can tell you that, you know, you don't get paid anything when you first start out. So I had to wait until, you know, I moved up to Ohio and get myself established with my job and everything else to then hopefully find a uh, agency to represent me. And it just kind of uh, blossomed from there. Cool, cool. And uh, like being in the military that long, like, is uh, does anything scare you as far as acting goes? <laughs> um. It's it's a different kind of scare, I guess you could say. Um, there's no one uh, shooting at me, obviously, or yeah. lobbing grenades my way, nothing like that. But uh, I think uh, the, I think the hard, the scariest part is just going in for auditions. I think no matter what stage of the game you're at, uh, having to go in front of people, strangers you don't know, and act out a scene, and you know, trying to make your best bold choice of what you think they want to see, or whatever else, and then you know, hoping that it comes out well, that you don't you know flub the scene or whatever you, whatever you're gonna do, whatever else, and no matter how many times you do it, I think it's always, you know, you got that, uh, the, the pre-audition jitters. And once you get yeah. in there, though, and start doing your stuff, then it's really not, not that big a deal as long as you're prepared. But, yeah, I think uh, auditioning is definitely my, uh, my my scariest part. That's the, that's yeah, the scariest. Because uh, I remember uh, I took drama in high school, and uh, my teacher, she worked for NBC at the time uh, on the weekends or something. But she said, like, if there's ever a point you're not nervous, something's wrong. Like, auditioning right. time. Oh, yeah, that, that's. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. What um, as far as being in the military for so long, what was uh, you were in Afghanistan and Iraq, correct? Yes. What What was the craziest thing you saw? Like as a, you were a helicopter pilot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, I actually started in the military as a helicopter mechanic, and then uh, once you're around, uh, you know, uh, pilots for a while, and you see them doing their stuff, you got the the itch to, to go and do that and uh, the army does you know uh, provide the means for you for anyone to really apply for it um, and just getting through that process but uh while flying over there though i mean <laughs> it's uh <laughs> i probably can't say that the craziest thing i've seen uh, on on the radio probably but uh yeah um it's uh it, it's just a whole different way of life over there i mean it's it's a third world country both of them are and uh you know it's just uh it's crazy, I guess. I mean, you know, yeah. people live simple lives, very simple lives, and, and they're used to it, and that's what they're accustomed to. And uh, it's just, just different, I guess. The best, that's the best way I can describe it, really. You know, yeah. hot, dusty, and just same same stuff day after day. What um do you do? You still um pilot a helicopter? I do. I work for uh, Life Flight right now. Okay, that's cool. That's cool that you still get to do that. What What is that that you work for? Yeah. Uh, life flight. What is it? What is life flight? Uh, basically, when you see the air medical helicopters that come in, you know, to a scene or something and pick up a patient. So that's that's what I do. Wow. Yeah, oh, that's cool. what my dad. Uh, over the summer, he had a bad motorcycle accident and he had to get airlifted to to yeah. a hospital. Uh, yeah. So south of here. Okay. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a very uh, interesting, exciting, and. Uh, very, I guess, scary sometimes, especially when you got to do uh, nighttime scene calls. You know, um, we do use night vision goggles, which helps, thankfully. Wow. But uh, every, you know, every every call you get to go on, though, it's always different, unique, and uh, you know, we have to act as a crew, you know, and make sure everything is, is done safely, whatever else. So there's a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of love training involved, you know, a lot of uh, yeah. attention to detail, you know, you got you got to stay focused and stuff like that. So it's a very important mission, but it's also very rewarding at the same time. I was wondering, is there ever like a guy just out joyriding in the helicopter? Like he, he does a job, you know, he's like, I want to take my buddies out. And then he gets a call. He's like, fuck, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go pick somebody up. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, no, unfortunately not. No, um, I'd be I that guy. To get my own helicopter, I probably could. But. <laughs> I'd be like, Slim, you want a helicopter ride? Like, yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. Yeah, I've been asked multiple times for that. I'm like, I really wish I could, but uh, if I want to keep my job, obviously I can't. Yeah. You're gonna get a lot of private messages from me, Steve. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be asking you okay. for a lot of helicopters. He's gonna get, give you right. the exact yeah. coordinates of where he is. Come pick me up, I'm at here right now. I need to ride to 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 Seven Eleven. Right, yeah, right. That'd be a quick ride for you for sure. Now, I mean, the, the one thing, the one thing we do offer for for people that are in the EMS uh, field, at least that living around us, that we do offer uh, a program where they can come in for, let's say, a twelve hour shift, daytime only. And they can ride along with us to see how how we do things, or whatever else. So that once that's they got cool. to take a safety class, but once they do that, then they can ride along. So that's, that's cool. a, a good way for them to get a, a, a different perspective from what we do. Yeah, I was gonna say too, a helicopter is kind of different from a plane, right? Because you, it's a lot more windy. Oh yeah, and it could be like more dangerous. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, it's totally different. Um, the the common joke for helicopters is that uh, we we beat the air into submission, basically. So we're not really technically supposed to, to fly, essentially. But um, it's, right. yeah, airplanes, they're, they're designed to fly, you know, yeah. get the speed going. You do what you get. Once they're up in there, they do what they, they do. what they do. But we have to um, uh, handle or coordinate three different uh, flight controls to, to keep our stuff going. So, yeah, it could be like any time. At are, any time, something could go horribly wrong, right? Well, yeah, it could anytime you're flying, whatever else. Uh, we operate uh, with uh, two engines, which is good. So, I mean, you have to have a really, really bad day for both of those to go bad. But okay. we also have uh, uh, our new GPSs are touchscreen, and we have autopilot installed. So they're pretty decked out. Oh, wow. That's that's awesome. Yeah. So now, now I'm curious because, yeah. okay, if you if you can drive a car, you can drive a truck. So if you drive a heli- if you pilot know. a helicopter, can you pilot a plane or a jet? Oh, or... I think it's totally different. Um, well... I could probably pilot a plane easier than the other way around because you've got to have coordination to fly a helicopter. That's what I I'm not saying you don't have the coordination to fly a plane, but there's just more more controls involved with a helicopter. You, I mean, just once you yeah. get in there, I mean, you can watch YouTube videos of people trying to fly for the first time, and it's not a pretty sight usually. I mean, especially if they're just trying without any training whatsoever. Oh yeah, no. It, 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 you can't it, just it figure take, it out. Uh, quite, a, quite a few uh, years or hours to, to, to master that. Yeah. You, you can't watch one YouTube tutorial and then pilot a, a helicopter. Well, you can. You can try. I mean, I wish you the best of luck. I mean, if you a good twenty videos, as long as you, you live through it, yeah. Someone's gonna be a YouTube pilot next week. <laughs> right? Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> Right. Oh man. Oh, go man. back go back to acting though, Steve. You do you do um I saw you do a lot of like voice work, right? Uh well actually I just got into the, the voice over uh, uh niche just recently. Um I uh I was on the uh casting site backstage and there uh a student down in Columbus was uh, looking for someone to uh, voice over some uh, one of her projects. And so I sent in my stuff and uh, she liked what she heard. And unfortunately, I mean, I didn't have the, the proper equipment to do it, but I mean, I did get cast for it, so that was fun. And then I'm like, this is this is really cool to do. So I started watching more YouTube and uh, doing a lot more research. And uh, there's uh, like one main guy, he's up in Chicago, actually. His name is uh, Bill DeWeese. He's very, very popular voiceover, but he has a ton of videos. And he explains, you know, from step-by-step process, you know, how we got into it, which, you know, some stuff you can use. And this and that, and there's a few other guys that I've been watching too to get you know input from, and then I finally just broke down and you know bought my mic, uh, my my pop filter that goes with it, a stand, 
my audio interface, and then I downloaded the uh, Adobe uh, inter- Adobe Audition uh, recording editing software. And so, cool. um, I I've, I've been using the past about uh, two weeks just to uh, improve on you know the the speaking part, and then becoming an amateur sound engineer, basically. See, I thought if they'd want you, but, they uh, they would hook you up with all that, like. If somebody, What's that now? if somebody like recognized you, you know, they wanted your voice, they would just oh. set you all up. Well, I, I wish they would. I mean, I've, uh, I've, I've produced about uh, four uh, do-it-yourself uh, uh, productions that I've, I've posted online, whatever else, you know, just to pick out a few commercial things that I think my voice would, would be good for. Then I learned how to, you know, add the music to it to make it sound really good, whatever else. So. All I can do is, you know, keep making more, keep posting, and then, you know, cross your fingers, hope for the best, you know. And like anything else in acting, you know, it's it's an endurance race, so you got to keep putting it out there until hopefully, you know, something breaks through. Awesome. Who are some of your favorite actors? Um, now, that's a really good question. Um, I'd have to go with probably some classics here, like uh, uh, De Niro's very popular. Um, Pacino's really good. Um, Russell Crowe I like a lot as well and and Denzel for sure Um, you know if I could you know end up even you know being in the scene with one of those guys not even speaking would be awesome whatever else but uh, those guys uh, definitely uh, you know they're very professional you know they 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 know how to they just capture the scene whatever else and whenever they whatever they do you know everyone's always paying attention it's like oh what's he gonna do next so those guys are really at the top of my book I was like, I love the bad boys. Like, uh, Ryder, my girl always makes fun of me. Like, uh, I loved Robert Downey. I love, I still do. I love Robert Downey, but I loved yeah. Robert Downey when he was like He's blacklisted good. from Hollywood, when he was like <laughs> pulled over with like Coke and a gun in yeah. in the passenger seat. Like, I love the bad Robert Downey. <laughs> like, <laughs> even, uh, yeah. uh, Johnny Depp. Yeah. When he was always, always in some shit. He, I think he still always is in shit, but yeah. I like the bad. I don't know. <laughs> the bad. Actors. Yeah, they're they're really good. I mean, once they got past their hiccups, so they were yeah. fine with the else. So you know, more power to them for for getting past that. Yes, look at them now. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Really. Um, <laughs> yeah. Who Sim? Who is your favorite actor? I don't really know because I have a. I, very it, 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 yeah, no, it just really depends on like what I'm into right now. Like I'm a huge fan of Mr. Robot. Right, like I'm a huge fan of Mr. Robot right now, and I think that kid is amazing. Remy Malek, he plays uh, Freddie Mercury. Yes, and, and the new like, uh, an amazing yeah. actor. So that that's just what yeah. yeah. You're like flavor of the week. Slim yeah, it's of the like week. my flavor of the week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I lo- actually, you know who I really like on, on the movie genre. You know who I really like too? I love uh, Sam Rockwell. I think Sam Rockwell is amazing. Yeah, yeah, What's he's he really in? good. Yeah, and a lot of these A-list celebrities, you know, they they get they all get cast in uh, something that that is not a, as a, a huge production, or whatever. But they'll still because of their you know their training and everything, they'll just make it something really unique and just stand out. So. Yeah. Especially so, like you know like with uh, Travolta and Pulp Fiction. I mean that thing is you know, yep. classic. You know? Dude, yeah, I never would have oh, thought yeah. that would have been where Travolta ended up. Like, yeah, it was such such a great right. yeah, performance. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Rob asked real quick what uh, Sam Rockwell was in. He was oh. in uh, Seven Psychopaths. Oh, okay. He yes. was the um the the Jack of whatever. He was the the one dude's friend. As soon as you said so that, I, like, I, yeah. I remember that. Yes. Was he in the other one as well? Uh, the uh, the billboards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he was great in that one. Yeah. I still haven't seen that. Uh, the amazing movie. I think I think Ryder saw yeah. that one in theaters. Uh, yeah. Him, Woody Harrelson, and uh, I think the main character. What was, what was her name? 
in forget Idleboards. Oh, oh yeah, the actress. Yes, I yeah. forget too, she but I know too, what you're yeah. talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, she won Best Actress, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, she did. Yep. Yeah. Your your uh, works. Uh, what I was going to ask you, what Cold Blooded the series was. Um, that's a uh, <laughs> that's a web series being filmed in new york city um it's an independent project um we've only filmed uh, one episode so far it's more of a funding issue at this time of course um but mm. it's a uh more like a uh mid mid to late 20s style like vampire well not vampire i want to say a supernatural type of uh series whatever that uh crystal spates is working on she's writing she wrote all the episodes herself and she's you know the main director and everything but uh, I think funding is the biggest issue for her. So we got the first one done and uh, we're just waiting on doing more. So but like anything else, you know, once you're waiting on funding, everything's also on hold. So yeah. hopefully we get to uh, keep going with that. But, you know, that's it, it was fun to go to New York and, and, you know, film that for a full day. I mean, that's pretty much that's, I mean, it only took one day to film the whole scene. But it's just uh, when you see everything that, you know, the details she went into it is just really incredible. So cool. And what is uh, buzzing in the garage? That sounds like a blast. um that was another independent uh student film that filmed on columbus um that is uh basically um my character was a guy who's uh he pretty much hates his life his job sucks uh his wife can't stand him anymore she wants to leave him and stuff and so he's just going through the the day-to-day you know uh chores that he usually does and it just it's just this downward spiral as it continues on whatever else and the ending is just, you know, it's like, really, you know, and it's, uh, he was, he's trying to get back with his daughter and she's just kind of not really intentionally blowing him off, but she's really busy with work and school or just school basically. Wow. So he's, he just can't connect with anyone and just, it just, it gets, it gets the best of him. So sounds like, yeah, it was some rough, it's like life. Dec- it sounds like depressing. a life. I yes. mean, it really is, but I mean, I, I think it, you know, it kind of, it'll, it, it will mirror someone's life, unfortunately. I was know? just going to say, it's just very relatable just hearing you talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you have any other um, upcoming projects that you could talk about? Uh, yeah. Um, well, one I can, can't say too much about. I did sign an NDA with it, um, but it's going to be filmed in Michigan. It's going to be a series. Um, it has a military-themed background to it. And uh, we... Uh, I made the, the shortlist cast for it, so I'll definitely be in the pilot episode, and they're still trying to figure out who they want to put where, so we're still kind of waiting on that, which that won't start filming until uh, sometime next year. Um, and this other one is just south of Cleveland. It's just another independent uh, guy. You can see, see a trend here with the independent stuff. <laughs> it's a lot easier to get independent uh, castings than it is to uh, get your, uh, you know, your, your, your uh, SAG stuff, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, it's yeah. called, um, serial dreaming basically. And the synopsis is, uh, uh, two guys working in the same office complex and they're, uh, they're working in the, um, the acting biz. One's a talent manager and the other one's like a, his client, but come to find out they're on their off time. They're both serial killers and they're trying to figure out ways to off each other. And it's kind of more of a oh, wow. funny, serious type of combo. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just on the title just had yeah. me. I was like, "Wow, I gotta, I gotta know what this is." Yeah, about. that sounds so, amazing. He's uh, he's trying to get funding for this too, whatever else. And I think he's gonna try to start filming that around maybe May or something next year, I think. But 
the next three or four months, hopefully it'll start it'll start going up. We'll start you know doing some more promotion work for it, whatever else. But uh, when he pitched the uh, the concept to me, I'm like, that's way out of my comfort zone, but I'm willing to give it a shot. And he just he just yeah. had a really hard time trying to find someone to play his counterpart. And so after he saw my demo reel, he was like, yeah, I think you're the guy. I'm like, cool. You know, so cool. sometimes it just works out that way for you. I think that's what's great about independent films too, is that they're they're not afraid to go into those deeper, like complex stories and characters. Like one of my, one of my favorite independent no. films. Yeah. yeah, one of my favorite independent films is Primer. I don't know if you ever seen that, but it's like super well done, and it's a movie about time travel, but done mm-hmm. in a way that like nobody's ever done time travel before. Wow, that's that mm-hmm. makes me want to see it. Yeah, no kidding. I don't. I don't know if I've heard of that. Like, I definitely want to see that too. I know yeah, back check to the out future. Primer. Great. I know back to the future. That was good. Yeah. That was a trilogy. I think it's just with. Indi- <laughs> I, I think it's just with independent films. You're kind of forced but to to like make it more interesting. That like your character, and yeah, your dialogue. Not only your... do you yeah. have the the uh, license to go other places, but you also yeah, you also have to kind of to, to yeah. make people interested. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah, I, you know, the thing, good thing about independent films, too, is that, you know, everyone's there for the right purpose and reason, you know, the, not so much egos are involved, but everyone wants to, you know, to make a, a good product, so they're going to bring their best work, whether you're part of the crew or part of the, the cast, you know, and yeah. bring a good project together, so that that's a big plus, too, so that's pretty much why I really enjoy doing the indie, indie stuff, you know, and probably try to keep going with it as long as I possibly can, but uh, I do have a kind of, I uh, one of my films that I was in, more of a big budget was a Bruce Willis project. I'm not sure if you had seen that anywhere. Um, it's on Hulu or Amazon, I forget, but uh, it was called uh, Acts of Violence. You ever heard of that one before? Sounds familiar, but I have, I have not, not, but I'm it. writing it right now in my notebook. I want to check that okay. out. Yeah, Acts of Violence. Um, that was filmed in Cleveland, and uh, it was one of those uh, uh, weird things that happened to me where they were looking for uh, background actors for the final scene they were shooting. And uh, so I saw the casting call and I applied for it and said, hey, you know, I'll, I'll be a detective. What the heck? They're like, OK, you know, I sent my photos in and they're like, yeah, you'll, you'll work. So I got cast for that. So I show up there and uh, go through all the, the processing you know, of paperwork and costume, whatever else. And they like what I, what I brought and how I was dressed. And so then they take you to the set and, uh, you know, they drive over in this van and stuff. And they, then the one of the production assistants, you know, they put people in, in the in this yard of this house, you know, very, in certain points so that, you know, it looks like, cause they just filmed a, a shoot, shootout scene basically. And, uh, so we were, I was with this other girl who was playing another detective and we're supposed to be like sharing notes about what just happened. Well, at the last second or shortly thereafter, one of the, this, the same assistant came by, grabbed the two of us and put us on the, uh, the porch of the house. Well, it makes this long story short, basically the uh, director had decided that, he wanted to have uh, some a little more authenticity to the scene and uh, had us pretend as if we were escorting out the main actors from the front of the house in handcuffs, basically. So I got to actually uh, escort out the, uh, the main character of that scene out the front door. And we shot it like five or six times just to get the right angles over else. But when you watch the movie, I'm actually, I get about a good, I don't know, five seven seconds of screen time in there with them as well so that was kind of cool that's, that's awesome because cool. yeah we've uh we've had um uh, my one buddy our buddy bob marsdale he was yeah. in i think creed but he was in like oh right he was, in creed, he was yeah. in a crowd for like a second but he said he you know he yeah. pauses it every time he gets to that bar like, <laughs> right that's his yeah. second but yeah, just you that. saying there was that that much of you as an extra yeah that is that's awesome 
Very cool. Yeah, I actually didn't didn't know that it was I was going to be in there. I wasn't sure if they were just going to like kind of cut me out and just yeah. put the main guy in there. So I didn't I, I didn't post about it just you know just to not not you know uh, jinx myself. And then yeah. uh, a, a lady who was uh, directing another uh, film that I was in had texted me and said, "Hey, are you in this movie?" I'm like, "Well, possibly." And she sh- and she texted me a, a screenshot or, or a short clip. I'm like. Well, I guess I did make it. You and made like, it cool. in there. So then I, I was like, oh, I can post it now. So That's cool. I was going to ask too, Steve, yeah. um, have you ever been approached to do like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not like, uh, what's that called when you do your own stunts? But uh, being like a helicopter pilot, have you ever been asked to do anything like that? Yeah. In a movie? I, I have actually. Um, and <laughs> the problem is that it's, there's there's just rules involved with that, especially with the uh, government, the FAA, and stuff like I that. You know, like only I could only fly fly something that's up to a certain amount of weight, usually one of the smaller helicopters. And then the guy that would want me to fly it would actually have to you know pay the company that has it to rent it out, plus yes. insurance for me and stuff like that. And, I figured that. You know, I would need a few a, a few hours of practice in there and stuff. So there's a lot of stuff that you know would have to take place for me to do that so in this day and age though they they really use drones more than anything else to film those aerial shots you know oh okay dude that makes a lot oh, of so, sense so they would put a right. guy in like a like a chair that kind of looks like a cockpit but he's not really yeah, in but a then helicopter show the and then... drone out there for the scene like cut back and forth maybe yeah, I mean, just, you know, there's just different kinds of drones out there, and they're all, I mean, they're unmanned. I mean, you can just, they're all remote controlled, so you can get them yeah. up really high, and the camera quality is really incredible, so, and it's cheaper than trying to rent a helicopter and pay for all the, the pilot time and the gas and everything else, you know? I'd want it done that way, though. I'd want, like, I'd, I'd pay for the gas. I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. pay for it. I would get, I would get backers. I would. <laughs> I want it done that way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Never director wants, you know. Oh, that's great. Steve, we have to uh, wrap this up, but thank you so much for talking to us. Yeah. It's been a blast, dude. Oh, no. I I appreciate you having me on. I mean, I'm I'm totally I'm honored and humbled at the same time. I really awesome. do appreciate it. Thank you, man. Where can everybody find you? Um, I do have a, a website. It's uh, www.steveham.org, and that contains links to all my uh, other sites as well. But otherwise, it's uh, for Twitter. It's at uh, Steve Ham Actor, all one word. Uh, Instagram is at uh, Steve Ham underscore Actor. And on my Facebook, it's uh, Stephen P as in Paul Ham H A M M zero five. So those are the three uh, individual sites. But my main website takes you to everything from there. And uh, if I may, I'd just like to do a quick uh, shout-out just to a few people, if I could. Yes, absolutely. Uh, no, one, uh, in spe- no one specifically. Just uh, like to you know, thank uh, everyone that's on Facebook that supports me uh, in, in the uh, acting realm because I'm you know, friends with a lot of other uh, independent actors as well. So I appreciate all their support, as well as on Instagram and especially on uh, Twitter. Um, the uh, Twitter tribe, I guess you can call it, or Twitter family, I really appreciate all their support. Um, they are, they're always there to... Uh, like and retweet my stuff and, and help me get me out there. So um, thanks to all them as well and any other fans out there. So hopefully I can uh, keep this going and, uh, you know, see where, where it leads me. Love it, Steve. I hope the best for you. If that's a sentence. I think I, don't even I, pre- know I really that. appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I hope the best for you, brother. You are great. Great to talk to. Oh, thanks. So I appreciate that. You guys are fun to talk to as well. I have to admit. Thank awesome. you. Thank you so much, Steve. Yeah, no, thank you. Appreciate it. You guys have a good night now. You too. Okay. I, that might have been Tucker, but... I, they left a voicemail, so oh, yeah. I kind of want to... Yeah. Like, let's see. Maybe it was like, you've been approved for a pre-approved 
Tucker Booth card. Yo, yo, Tucker Booth Tucker calling Booth. the Robin Slim Show. <laughs> telling me to leave a message. I'm good to go when you guys are. Love you, back. Tucker. 424. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to break. You do what you got to do. Tucker, you yeah, do what I'll you got to do. I'm going to pee in the yard. Are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type ROB for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code ROB, R-O-B, ROB, at adamandeve.com. Hey, it's Ryder, your favorite little phone sex doll. Let's get real for a moment. When was the last time you had a girl down on her knees worshiping your fucking perfect cock? Over on Night Flirt, my friends and I, we take really, really good care of you. We are real girls offering real connections over the phone and through personal messaging. We have it all. Whether you're looking for dirty talk, role plays, or even just a friend to talk to, call me. Don't worry. Your wife, your girlfriend, your friends, they're never going to find out. Nothing will ever show up on your phone bill, so you can be sure your dirty little secrets are safe with me. Sign up for nightflirt.com. And if you hit me up on Twitter at FlirtRiderDoll and let me know that you heard me on the Robin Slim Show, I'm going to hook you up with some free minutes for you to get a hold of the perfect little cocksucker of your dreams. This, 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 this is Hollywood actor Steve Coulter. Uh, uh, and I'm appearing with the delightful scumbags, uh, Robin Slim. Tucker! Hey, hey, boys. How's it going? Hey, buddy. How you doing? It's been a minute. I'm doing excellent. Another yeah. beautiful day here in the neighborhood. Dude, what time is it there? It's like 8.30 and like pitch dark here. Yeah, it's 5.30 and pitch dark here. <laughs> That's because it's actually been raining in L.A. for oh. the first oh. time in a year. So there you go. <laughs> you got it. Winter we brought the come. rain. We brought the rain, bro. <laughs> That's it. You guys are bringing the rain from the East Coast. Thanks. We really appreciate it. We sharing it, bro. We had snow today. It was like... I think it was like 70 or 60 degrees the other day. And like today it's all snowy and like <laughs> yeah. 20, bro. It's, it's every day. Well, what, what's great is what's great is in LA. Like whenever it rains, everybody acts like it's the apocalypse. <laughs> it's I swear everywhere you go, they're like, Oh my gosh, it's raining. Oh my gosh. But you guys fine. need it. Like <laughs> I was going to say like out here when it doesn't rain a while and it rains, people are like relieved. So like out there, they're just not, they're just like ducking and covering. 
Everybody's a bunch it, of yeah. cupcakes in LA, man. <laughs> if you've lived here for more than a year or two, you've officially become wimpy and weak about Just... anything like climate change at all. I'm talking five degrees warmer or colder, and people are complaining, man. Wow. It's got to be static and perfect all the time. <laughs> wow. Or else it's a problem. So I'm but saying like a 40 degree change. About like, it being too hot. Then I'm worried. Complain about it being too hot, as if that's a problem, you know, out here, too. It's like, oh my gosh, it's so hot. I'm like, it's 80 degrees, people. It's 80. <laughs> that's the norm, isn't it? Like, I thought, I don't know. 75 and a cool breeze is what we're going for here at all times. So I guess that's it, man. Oh. Um, 80's too hot and 60's too cold. No variation. (laughs) I've seen things, uh, not particularly from L.A., it might have been like Georgia or North Carolina, or just like a state that doesn't usually get snow. Or like even Texas getting a dusting. Yeah, and then they'll like abandon their cars in the street. (laughs) I can't drive in this. (laughs) It's not even a couple inches. It's like Mad Max out here. The minute it rains, they're smashing into each other and they're all dressed in like you know post-apocalyptic dystopian garb and saw blades on the front of their bumpers eating each other cannibalism (laughs) runs rampant i mean that's how it goes here guys i I want to see i want to see at least the rams are 11 and 1 you know we got something to be happy about besides all the crazy crap going on out here at least the rams are 11 and 1 that's nice Everything um, else is fires and shootings and <laughs> people being upset by rain. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have had a bad year, haven't you? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. So, I, I guess I mean, it depends you where you gotta, are. You got to weigh it in the balance. You got to weigh it in the balance, guys. We have we have tragedy, but we also live in paradise where all the money is. Yeah, so you know, I kind of feel like we've had it coming. You know, I'm not trying to make light of anything. There, yeah. But, those fires were rough. Compared to places where it's always lame and, and things bad things are always happening, yeah. I think L.A. gets off pretty easy in general. Yeah. So, I feel no like the coast. disrespect to the fire victims. I know that's sad. Yeah, no disrespect to Thousand Oaks. That's sad. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, gosh, compared to so many parts yeah. of the world, we got an easy street out here, guys. Easy. I, I feel like the both coasts, we're, we're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good. Pretty good. I'd say America in general. And I know the storyline is that we're, you know, totally falling to pieces. But, boys, compared to the rest of the world, right? we are doing all right. Yeah. I still think, like, yeah, there's no other place I'd rather be. Like, yep. it's all pretty pretty decent. Pretty good. Seriously. Anywhere anywhere except for maybe, I don't know, I don't know. the Bahamas. I could, Bahamas, I could be there. You know? Europe. They, they, they seem like they're doing good. But, oh. yeah, we're doing okay, too. What are those countries people talk about where you they don't work ever, like the Netherlands oh, or something, where they work that, like two months out even, of a year? I think Italy, they, they take naps. They go to the home on lunch and they take naps. Like that sounds yeah. amazing. Like I don't or, think I can relax. Or Greece, or Greece, or Greece, where it's like part of their <laughs> yes. national pride that they're all a bunch of bums that yeah. get bailed out every. 20 years by the European yeah. Union. I love that. Yeah, I'm sorry, we can't work. We're Greek. We're just being sorry, Greek. We we're just we're hanging out on our porch being Greek. No worries, guys. Yeah. Yes. No worries. We'll, we'll, we'll get you Greek, dude. We got you. Okay. Get you those euros. Us, you know, philosophers. You're we, fine. You're fine. We gave you Sparta. Give us some euros. Like, yeah, we're, we're doing good. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, gave us, you gave us Greek salads. Thanks for that. Okay, we'll bail you out again. All we right, gave you cool. that yogurt, remember? Yeah. Give us give us some euros. <laughs> I don't know we can bag on the Greeks. You know, they're like the one like race where nobody gets offended when you bag on them, too. So, you know, I'm okay with that. They're laughing about it right now. They, they know. They know they're better than we are. They're doing much better than we are. <laughs> they probably were just roused from their, you know, midday nap. Like, what? Oh, whatever. Oh, <laughs> they're adorable <laughs> Americans. I'll go back to bed. <laughs> yeah. 
That's it. Right? What's been going on out there besides snow? You guys doing cool out there in Atlantic City? We're doing all right. Yeah, we're a little north of there. We're 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 right on the shore, so like we get like in the summer we get all the tourists coming in. So they've they've been gone for a while. We're I don't know. I enjoy this time of year, like yeah. where it's just quiet, like it's very peaceful. Yeah. It's it's cool. It's cool. But then also like yeah, getting excited for Christmas and all that. I feel that. I you know, I don't know how you guys are if you're sentimental about the holidays or not, but I always am. I mean, I'm the guy that cries at the Fruity Pebbles commercial where Santa Fred shares the pebbles with Barney for once and doesn't crack on him for once. I cry at that ad every yes. year, boys. I'm just saying. I know that ad. Santa I know. Fred, I don't think I've ever seen that ad. So I'm like, yeah, he's Bless finally you, you know? being nice to Barney. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Dude, my, my son's in his room tidying up tonight. We asked him to tidy up because family's coming over, and he's listening to Christmas carols on Alexa, and that's his choice. That's I swear cool. I want to cry just because yes. of that. You oh, know? dude, that's it. As a dad, as an older gentleman, you you see commercials and you're like, yeah, tearing up. It's like, oh my god, some some of those commercials. Like, there was one about a year or two ago, and it was about a, a, a couple parents and their child. Like, you you come to find out the kid's dad. Like, it was like, fuck, this shit makes me want to cry. Like, yeah, like some commercials just really get to you. Like, then again, the, 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 like the like values ads that they have for the you know the Society for a Better Life or whatever those ads that are always on, like integrity, pass it on. I don't think a single one of those goes by that I'm not blubbering, dude. Like, you know, the special needs kids like, or, running the race and he yes. picks the other guy up off the ground. Oh, my gosh, I'm a mess. Or the animal ones. What is it, the ASPCA or whatever they are? Like, with the dogs oh, that are right. just even – I remember my one, my oldest son the one year, like, Daddy, why is that puppy so sad? And oh. I'm like, I, that's so sad. Let's, <laughs> let's go find that puppy, bro, because that puppy needs love. Like, yeah, they, they do get to you. Like – and in your somehow, 20s somehow all of them all of them except for like sally struthers when she's hitting people up for the yeah kids for whatever reason i'm like yes. sally you are a very fat woman yeah sally you give them food you should you've share. got enough food <laughs> in your pocket to feed these kids sally yeah. let's just be real in your 20s you're just you you're not bad at that. you're just fucking you're smoking weed <laughs> on the commercial breaks you're you're doing a shot like yeah no you don't care but then when you get to your 30s and 40s you're like that's that's the saddest thing i've ever seen yeah. <laughs> that's mean that i had to that i had to single them out out of all the causes but you know that's really sally struthers I'm sally is the, the sally's doing the, the wrong thing <laughs> tucker what have you been up to though since we talked to you are you is it new that you're teaching like kids music well, not necessarily new, but it's really kind of kicked into another gear. Um, one of my many jobs in the entertainment industry out here has been uh, doing a lot of parties, private bookings for people. And I play all different events. I, I can play grown-up parties. I play weddings. I've played, I played a memorial service. Wow. I, I can cover the gamut of whatever you need. Yeah. But a lot of times I get hired to play for kids at their birthdays or other kinds of parties. And... I've taught music as a side job, even when I was in my early 20s, as like morning work, you know, yeah. so I could pick up an extra check. And I started kind of specifically focusing on the very young. We're talking like pre-K and toddler and all the way down to parents with their infants. And I, there is a market for this out here in LA, guys. I don't know if there is anywhere else, but there are a lot of music studios, yoga and wellness studios that have music programs. Um, private institutions. I work at School of Rock in Redondo Beach. Oh, they have one out cool. here. 
um, I teach you know kids all the way up through high school and college. That's what I'm going to ask. And through four different jobs. But yes, there is a specific program called Top Rock that I think you're referring to. Yes. That's out of El Segundo. It's part of Happy Baby LA, which is the name of this company, the yoga studio that also does music and movement. And we created a program together called Top Rock where I'm basically teaching parents and their babies all the way up till about four how to be rock stars and how to teach their kids how to be rock stars. So it's all of it. It's learning to sing, learning to play on beats. We get out drums, tambourines, shakers, etc. We do dance portions where they're learning how to dance, and we're sprinkling in all of this classic music from all genres and eras, going all the way back to the dawn of rock and roll. So they get education in blues, they get education in classic rock. You know, there's all the all the great, you know, Elvis, Beatles, Chuck Berry, Stones, etc. And then we yes. go all the way up to the present, and I'm writing original songs, too. So that's the CD I, I'm imagining you guys have seen on Twitter. I, saw, I saw that there's a CD out, yes. Yeah, this is original music, so you know I didn't want to get in any copyright trouble. So I've written <laughs> oh, that's 10 cool. original songs that are for kids that um, you know can kind of get them singing and dancing and using their imagination. And it's now available for sale, and here's the pitch. You guys want it? You can find me online, Tuckerdale Booth, handle on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you can email tuckerboots at hotmail.com, uh, and that's probably the best way to get it. I'm, I'm shipping them out. I have digital copies if you don't if you don't have a CD player anymore because I know only old people have CD players in their cars anymore. So got the digital link, all that. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, we're doing it, man, and it, it's actually selling pretty well. Happy Baby LA has it exclusively in their store. So that's wow. the one retailer where I'm, I'm selling it, but it's been selling nicely and, that's what and making some waves. So, it, you know, is it's good. It, it's another, another outlet for me. Is it something that, um, I don't know, are children more receptive to music, or do you feel like that it really makes a difference in somebody's, uh, like, forming who you are as a person? I think yes, and I mean all the way down to we're talking two-week, three-week-old children that have been in this class obviously yeah. are open to everything. You know, and it, granted, you got to yeah. catch them on the right day. Yeah. You know, if they've had the shits the night before, you're probably not getting them. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? I, mean, <clears throat> I just remember, though, like as, as my oldest son, when he was like, when he was just crawling, certain songs would come on the radio, and it could be every time that song came on, and he would just reach up and want me to hold him for that song. Like there is certain things, to like yeah. yeah, to certain songs and stuff. Well, and and I think also when they see a musician that is a pro, and that is a pro entertainer, and specifically an entertainer of children, that can engage them you know, right there on the spot. That just ups the ante even greater because yeah you know when you're listening on the radio that's that's triggering your imagination or your kind of soulfulness when you're with somebody that knows how to draw that out of you i think the odds go way up and i saw you and with that one kids, i saw you the with... ones that are hard-hearted get yeah. melted by it they do i saw you with the one it was a mother holding like an infant and the baby was smiling when you were singing uh -huh. it was just it was a great well, a great video and a great moment I, I want to I want to give a shout out because that is the grand baby of Rick Riley, Sports Illustrated former Sports Illustrated editor, Monday Night Football analyst, and all around hilarious dude. Rick Riley uh, hired me to come and play at his Christmas party, and that was at the end of a five hour gig. You guys, I played I their priceless that. Steinway and Sons piano for two wow. hours. I'd done a sing along of carols and classic rock and all this. And at the very end, this is the grandbaby who they're, they're celebrating, who's two months old. They bring him out at 8.30 p.m. 
and this baby reaches out towards me like like they want they want to they want to grab my hand and they're moving their lips like they're singing along and and by pure coincidence you guys i was playing forever young by rod stewart yeah i did see that just yes. by pure coincidence yeah Man, it was a beautiful moment. It's one of those moments that, you know, any musician, entertainer lives for. Yeah. Because you get the soul enrichment as well as the check out of that gig. And uh, so I got to give mad shout-outs to Rick Riley. He's on Twitter. You can follow him, Riley Rick, on Twitter. He's writing a new book about Trump, you guys. It's called Commander in Chief. It's all about golf and Trump. <laughs> golf and Trump. <laughs> sure to scoop a copy of Commander in Chief. All about how Trump cheats That's golf. amazing. Way to go, Rick. I'm I want it right now. It. I want to pre-order that right now. Oh, that's great. No Tucker, doubt. before we get any farther, I was going to ask if you could, uh, could you sing us something? Yeah, I came prepared, guys. Cool. We're going we're gonna to give it a, a run here on the phone and see how it goes down. But this is yeah. one of my first live on the phone performances ever. So Awesome. I'm excited. Okay, so I, I thought hard about doing an original, but since it is the holiday season, and since the last couple times I've been on here battling the Drizz and whatnot, I thought yeah. maybe I'd get a little more emo tonight. Maybe I go away from, you know, the more barbarous type stuff. So I'm going to do a cover. It's originally by a guy named Daniel Johnston, who nobody knows. Daniel Johnston was uh, an agoraphobic. He, he never went outside. Oh, I believe okay. he was somewhere on the spectrum, too. Okay. But Daniel Johnston wrote something like 500 just phenomenal songs. And a lot of rock stars became enamored with him and put out a uh, tribute when he passed on uh, Daniel Johnston tribute. And that's where I first heard of him. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Beck. Beck did an amazing cover of this song. So I'm actually kind of doing the Beck version of this. Cool. But uh, so this is Daniel Johnston by way of Beck, by way of Tucker Booth. So here you go. All right. The song's called true love will find you in the end. All right, here we go. Don't be sad, I know you 
I just love that you, uh, just how you mentioned Beck, like, is he still doing, is he still doing music? Bro, I got the greatest birthday gift of all time, so shout out to my wife, Charlotte. On my birthday, which actually was back in June, they took me out to dinner, and she surprised me with tickets to go see Beck live at the Hollywood Bowl. Wow. But it was in... It was in October, so it was like one of these kind of delayed gifts. Oh, so you but, wait, I, I, but I've been in love down. with Beck since you know he dropped Mellow Just, Gold in the early '90s. That, when I was the perfect age for it. Odelay, Odelay, just this is amazing. Odelay and the whole nine. Yes, but I haven't seen him live since 1997. That's I'd what I was wondering. Three times yeah. right around then, and I was blown away every time I saw him. But I hadn't seen him perform, and so this is Beck now. He's 49, you guys. Yes, oh, wow. 49. He doesn't look a day over 21. I don't know what those Scientologists are doing to him, dude. They must have him in a cryogenic freezing chamber with Tom Cruise or something. They only let him out for concerts. Yeah. I'm about to say, they must be shooting, shooting like, you know, monkey chromosomes into their face or something. But However, he looks amazing. Yeah. Wow. He sounds amazing. He played two hours and slayed it. He even brought out the South Central Compton Kids Choir and did gospel music with them. And the whole place got the feels. His new album is called Colors. I had not even heard it, but he played yeah, Cuts no. from it at the gig. I've now checked it out. This Colors album is the antidote to all the poison in the world, you guys. Wow. I mean, I truly, I don't think he's ever made a bad album. No. And we're talking, he's got like 20 albums out now. I, wow. I, truly, I call him the modern day Bob Dylan. I yeah. Don't, I don't know if anybody else I could even compare him to. That was like even I mean, Moby. Just, I didn't know Moby was still around, but Moby, I think, has like restaurants out in, in LA now. Oh. Like, yeah, like all these guys are still doing stuff on some level they're, they're still doing it but it's funny it's like you know you mentioned moby and there's plenty of these other kind of 90s artists that are still kicking yeah but i don't feel like there is badass as beck like beck can yeah. drop you know a, a hip-hop project and yes. follow it up with country western love songs and all of it is badass yeah it's, it, there's none of it feels cheesy none <laughs> of it feels forced or yes. pretentious or anything yeah it feels like it's all just coming straight from the heart I agree. I, so, anyways, if I could, if I could aspire in my lifetime to be like anybody, I would say to be somebody like him. Be like back for sure. Yeah, Tucker, I want to ask yeah. you too. Um, I saw you doing voice work. Did you get a skate shop like voiceover job? Yeah. So, yes, I'm I, yet another thing that's going well. Um, I was doing some voice acting. A good friend of mine, Peter C. He goes by Calc Two. Did a, a web series for the Barracks skateboard site the barracks.com uh called skate socks and if you guys look that up on google it's skate socks or it's on the barracks and i was featured on an episode about skateboard posers and uh, basically i'm i'm calling into the skate shop asking for ed hardy everything everything's (laughs) got to be ed hardy you guys but that's been a lot of fun it's got a ton of good press on the barracks it's very funny very glib but then not only that, but I think I told you last time I called in, I've been doing voiceover work for The Detour, which is a show yes. that's written and produced by Jason Jones, who used to write for The Daily Show and was one of their correspondents. Yeah, it's I think that was one of the first things I saw about you. 
Yeah, right. So that that is my pinned tweet, actually, Tuckerdale Booth on, on Twitter. I did a, a voiceover for them a couple of years ago that got mad love. And actually, the show is now syndicated. But even bigger news, I went in and did a follow-up for something coming out this year. And I'm not only doing multiple voiceovers on this one now, but I'm getting my first writing credit on the detour and I'm getting ASCAP royalties on the detour this year. So this is a big one, you guys. I can't let the cat out of the bag of what it is, but I will tell you this. It has something to do with the Funky Bunch coming back and grinding some axes with Marky Mark. So you definitely got to check it out. I'm telling you. Next time we talk to you, Tucker, I want Marky Mark on on the other end of the phone. I want want conference call between Tucker and Marky. <laughs> Dude, I, they called me. They're like, "You're a battle rapper. You think you can come up with any jobs for Mark Wahlberg?" And I'm like, "I just came up with five for you saying his name out loud." <laughs> awesome. This is this is child play. You got it. <laughs> Daddy's home. Daddy's home. I'm here. <laughs> That's great, dude. Let me just transform into one of the apes, and we'll get on this planet. Let's do it. Come on. Yes. Tucker, I, I want to ask you, uh, are you writing a screenplay? Yeah. Yeah, boy, you guys have done your homework this time. Nice job. Thank um, you. I'm working, on, I'm working on a screenplay. I've been working on it quietly with my buddy for a couple years, but we now have some interest from a couple different people. I can give a shout-out here. My buddy, Sebastian Hoffman, who I grew up basically in L.A., you know, cutting our teeth together. Yeah. He just had his second film come out internationally, and this one was named the best foreign film at Sundance this year, boys. Oh, that's wow. Awesome. He's on his way. It's that on Netflix. Cool. It's, called, it's called Timeshare, or in Spanish, it's Siempre Compartido. I do not speak Spanish, but I learned those two words. Siempre compartido. Compartido. You can type in timeshare and it comes up, though. (laughs) Super dope movie. Super dope. Think think like David Lynch kind of vibe. Okay. Really dope. Surreal. Funny. Just awesome. And this is him. He wrote and directed this. Uh, The most famous person in it that's not um, Mexican famous is uh, the guy from Breaking Bad that played the MS son. He's in it. Oh, I love oh, him. Okay, Walt right, Jr., yeah. right? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, my God. I want to watch yeah, this Yeah, I think right he's RJ, RJ something or other. Yeah. It's the, the boy that plays. He actually has MS. D- yeah, he's I thought so. RJ Mitty, I think his name is. I think it might be like RJ Mitty. Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. correct. Yeah, he's in it, and he's awesome. Cool. He's like the one American that's in it, but all the Mexican actors that are in this are like the Brad Pitt of Mexico. <laughs> awesome. awesome. <laughs> Brad, the top of the top. <laughs> you know, Brad, Brad Pinto. <laughs> but, uh, dude, it's, it's timeshare. Cool. Definitely check it out. Yes. Uh, Seppi and I are talking about this script that I've been working on that's basically a semi-biographical account that my buddy and I have been writing about a road trip from hell through the woods of Missouri back in 2012 that we took that seriously almost killed us about three different times. Oh, wow. But it's... Uh, it's badass it's funny it's scary it's surreal it's it's badass that's that's the right word yeah we're excited it's 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 well on its way to completion we're on about our seventh draft of it and the movie is tentatively titled quick trip so be on the lookout for quick trip should be coming sometime here in the next year or two awesome dude 
Tucker, we have to yeah. wrap this up, but where can everybody find Yeah, real quick, though, I just want to oh. say, Tucker, it's clear that you fucking quit rap because I crushed you. Yeah. <laughs> that was a dress. That's why I'm singing love songs on here now, Driz. You just you broke my heart, man. Oh, Driz. You broke it in a million pieces, dude. I need some Fruity Pebbles, man. We're Santa Fred. Come on, man. Oh, the Driz never... He always got to get his little little jab in there, Tucker. We, we'll give it to him. Hey, we'll give it to him. I, I got more for you in the future, Driz. I got something for you next yeah, time. You got nothing. What are you going to do? Throw a love song at me? 2019 yeah. is the year of the comeback. I'm coming back, dogs. It's not over yet. World title. That's next. Going for it. Oh, Tucker. right here, dude. <laughs> you rock, dude. Thank you so much, Tucker. Nice, Tucker. Yeah, brothers, have a good one. Much love, Robin Slim Show. Shout out to Tantrum Niche Records, tantrumniche.com. Check us out online, tantrumniche.com. Everything's free on there. Check us out. Awesome, Peace, brother. boys. Peace, brother. Happy mm-hmm. holidays. Yeah, you too. Talk peace, soon. Peace, peace. Peace. So good. Yeah, that's cool. We won't be back, but John John will be back. Yes. So. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? Mm. What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pills deliver the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. 800-605-1683. 800-605-1683. That's 800-605-1683. This is an urgent health notice for all residents suffering from back, neck, knee, and wrist pain. You may qualify for a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you, but the deadline is fast approaching. Simply call the Health Alert Hotline now. You heard right. You may qualify for a pain-relieving back, neck, knee, or wrist brace. These items may even be covered by Medicare or your private insurance. The Health Alert Hotline is your brace company. These specialized braces have been tested for pain relief. Call us toll-free right now to determine your eligibility and to learn how to use your private insurance or Medicare to minimize your out-of-pocket cost. Don't wait. If the deadline passes, you may lose your opportunity to get a pain-relieving back, neck, knee, or wrist brace at little or no cost to you. 800-631-1768. 800-631-1768. That's 800-631-1768. You are listening to The Robin Slim Show. Always remember, during an ass rape, use the force. Red, white, and you. Hi, this is Mike Gley. Uh, I'm calling to uh, uh, talk to uh, either John or John or John. This is John and John. And I'm John. How yes. are you oh, doing? Hi. How's okay, it going, I'm, man? I'm the author of uh, the uh, immigration book. Cool. U.S. Immigration Policy, Ethnicity, and Religion in America. Awesome. And I, 
I understand you guys want to do a bit of an interview with me. Yes, hold on. Hold on real quick, Michael. I'm just going to play our intro. We are just getting started. We are just sitting down. uh, And I I just have to find it, and we will be on our way. Um, Here we go. What do you get when a staunch Republican and a left-wing liberal work through their differences and do a podcast? You get red, white, and you with John and John. Red, white, and you. We are John and John, and we are on with Michael LeMay. What's going on, Michael? Well, I'm... uh interested in following uh, the politics, uh, particularly regarding the Trump administration and positions on uh, immigration policy in relation to a book I've uh, just written and that was just published recently and uh, uh, thought you guys might want to talk uh, a little bit about it for uh, your listeners. Yeah, so I am curious, like, what are your, uh, what's your stance on immigration? Well, in the book, I don't take a position in advocating one or another uh, of the political positions on it. I try and analyze the the laws that we had and describe why it's so difficult to get immigration reform through Congress today because of the political kind of stalemate in Congress. Wow. Uh, but I don't take a position itself. Okay. Uh, I try to be uh, scholarly and objective in describing what is the law, why it got passed the way it got passed, and and what are some of the implications for uh, future attempts to uh, to reform or revise immigration policy. I just think we should cut it off, like, Close down airports. Just, <laughs> no, just that's wrong. We need wall, to, no, I think that just, we need to let people in from other countries because their countries are, you know, having wars and stuff, and, and they don't want to deal here. with they're those wars. We should be able to let them into our country. But it shouldn't well, be hard to get over into our country. Well, well, uh, many people want uh, immigration but legal immigration, so they want uh, the unauthorized or illegal immigration stopped uh, and have just legal immigration. The problem with that is where there's the greatest demand for legal immigration, there's so much backlog well, for it. Why, why should it have to be legal or illegal? Can't it just be like, oh, if you no, want to go to America, you can go to America. you got to go through the legal be, route. There shouldn't be a question America. of whether this is illegal or legal. It should, we should just open our borders, and people want to come over, they should be able to come over. That's well, it. You it's should not, let them stay not, that's, you, I, I'm not saying like that's like you're saying, oh, that's a legal way. No, just open our borders, they come over, bam. There's no question of whether it's illegal or legal. We should just allow people into our country. Um, I, we, we've had for many, many years uh, a process for it. We it's have to vet, if you will, the immigrants coming in, yes. uh, okay. among other things. Just, just think, for instance, the number of people coming from third world countries where there are um, epidemic diseases and the like. You need some sort of screening process. You can't just have them come across the border unscreened or, uh, you know, 
what unevaluated and uh, without any kind of an examination we've always well you can't just judge people you can't just be like well you might have a disease that's not well, right well you might i don't want it here i don't think that's right just to be children. like well your country's dirty so you probably have ebola like that's not right yeah i'm not saying that that we're saying the entire countries should be banned because they God, have it sounds ebola. like you are i'm I, just saying you need saying. you need some sort of process Yes. to evaluate immigrants coming in. We've always had inspection of immigrants, inspection of their paperwork to make sure they are who they you say they are. You don't need process, you uh, just need kindness. You need kindness and you need an open heart and you need to be able to accept people whether they have Ebola or, or not. Like You should be able to accept them into your heart and your country. What about ethnicity? I, I, I want to know... Um, Michael, do you feel like we should yep. assimilate or hold on to our ethnic roots? You can do both. I mean, ethnic groups or people of a particular ethnic background have always been coming over since since our country. Since, since Ellis Island. Well, yeah, well, really, since 1820, we've had large numbers of various groups coming in. They've all assimilated within a generation or two. It takes longer for some groups than for other groups, but all of them have assimilated. Uh, we Mexicans. just don't need to have forced assimilation. Oh, I don't. I don't like that. That, that there's uh, street signs in Spanish. I. I think they should. They should know. You coming in here? You should know how to read a street sign. No, we need to be welcoming. We need to welcome all. Um, I don't languages. Think we, need to cater. we should we have need... a, we should have a sign for every language. If you're Japanese, we should have the no. same sign that says stop. <laughs> it should say stop in Japanese and Spanish and you... um, Arabic. No, in Israelite. That's, that's not practical. No, it's not. It's it's, it's, it's not. It's not gonna work. How's that not practical? It's it's kind and friendly and it's accepting. Well, that's true, but it's also impractical. It's just not going to work. Yeah. Uh, well, like, how won't at, that work? Like, at token, least we don't have to. We don't have. They're to all going to know when to stop. We don't have to force people to speak English, for instance. They, right. but they will. They will learn English quickly. They, they will. Immigrants want to as assimilate quick you know, and as quickly as possible. Yes. We don't need to force them by by programs uh, at the same token i don't think we should be blocking them because uh they often bring great talents the yeah, persons who come here as immigrants uh have a lot of uh moxie if you will and often street got a lot of heart and tremendous drive and entrepreneurship yeah. and so they add to our country they they add to the value of That's our right. as long as we can profit off of it I say like that's yeah, greedy bring it, though. What bring do you mean profit off of them? You greedy the Yankees from South America. That's oh, good. Right. I like Mariano Rivera. He gets, <laughs> he's good. He's bringing in revenue for for the state for the country, for for the the game. It's all it is. It's a game. What? That how like <laughs> you're just dehumanizing people. Like you're looking at people as pieces in a game, or yes. just like. It's, it's money signs, like that's it? Dollar signs, yes. It doesn't make sense. It makes dollars. And that's all we are, are going to be looking at uh, moving forward. No, they're human beings. Uh, <laughs> well, the, you can do both. You can look at them as human beings, and you can also accept the fact 
that they bring human capital with them. They bring a value. They add to our culture, to the diversity. They add to our economy. In many cases, the immigrants just create a lot of other jobs um, for other people. Um, they do a so, lot of stuff so, that uh, we don't want to get our hands dirty. They do a lot of stuff that, uh, you know. Oh, so you're just saying you want to use them. What you want is slaves is what it sounds like. I, I just think want John, my yard done. John, John just wants slaves. $15 less than the, the white kid up the street. I, I, yeah, he, he racist. Well, <laughs> again, they add to the economy. You don't have to say they're slaves just because they work uh, for uh, somewhat lower wages than than other workers. We've yeah, let, had let's just straight, wait. I, I get it. We'll They're just, just enslave. We'll just enslave people, but we won't call them slaves. So it's no, okay. It's That's not. what you're saying. It, they have the choice. They oh no, no, no! That. You're you're a hard worker. You're not a slave. Now clean my shoe, and get nothing. <clears throat> well, if the if the market economy is working right. You would have to pay them something to clean your shoes. They, yeah. they don't do it. Uh, they don't get nothing from it. They get something from it. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I thought you were just saying no one else will. You wanted slaves. They're they're just taking well, advantage of the opportunities that is before them, that are right before <laughs> them. But I think we do need an a uh, an immigration policy that is more open than the current policy. And the Trump administration is trying to make it uh, to, to restrict uh, even legal immigration. And that's so, uh, yeah, that's, instance, that's what I'm, for instance, I'm all for. I think we need to, to close it off. To take away uh, birthright citizenship. Yeah. To take away no. the citizenship of persons born in so this country. So you come here pregnant, you're, you're, are, you're are gonna got to stay here because you've got to raise a baby? I, I don't agree. I don't agree. You came here pregnant, you can leave here pregnant, as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, but uh, you can have that opinion, but the courts have ruled that if, you know, on numerous occasions, that if you were born in the United States, you are a, nat you are a natural born citizen. And you're Despite just. Despite or no matter what the status be. of your you're parents You're just pickpocketing me at that point. I really you're think. You're just pickpocketing I really me. think, John, I really think. I no got matter a baby. Look at me. I got to stay. No I gotta say, where you my all baby. are in my the world, you're an American. I don't no. care if you're living in, um, if you're you're living in Uganda and you were born in Uganda, you're still an American. You in stay my in book. Uganda. You you don't come here. You stay right there in Uganda. There's there's a, uh, a category of persons born in the United States that most Americans are not aware of that are called border babies. These are different from what are commonly called anchor babies. The anchor babies you're probably, or your listeners are probably familiar with, they're the ones who come where the parents come, usually mm. across the southern border, from right. Mexico or Honduras or, or Guatemala. Um, and, and they come uh, often with the mother being pregnant, and the child is born here, and therefore the child is an American citizen. Um, and there's a lot of people who want to ban that or stop that. Uh, Michael, that away. Michael so it seems like uh, one of our listeners has just called in. They're aware that there's, wait, there's there, there are border babies that are from Canada, but from Canada, where where the parents are Canadians. Oh, okay. Um, Michael, our, uh, one of our listeners ju has just called in. Hi, hi who's this? Hi, I'm Uncle John. 
Yes, this is uh, John. I don't know if I'm your uncle, but uh, who is this? <laughs> this is Shawnee, your nephew. Oh, oh, uh, I'm like, well, this is my nephew, uh, uh, Shawnee. Uh, just, he's a little weird. But, uh, okay, so, so Shawnee, what, um, what do you want to talk to Michael about? You've called to talk to Michael? No, I'm trying to get a hold of you. You promised me you'd... No, 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 I've told you not to call this... Not no, Shawnee, I, I told you not during my show. You can't call me. If you're going to call during my show, you have to call to talk to my guest, remember? Your boyfriend, Ronald, your, your boyfriend, Ron, he picked me up from school yesterday, and he, he didn't have his zipper up, and it was his. He made me feel really uncomfortable. No, 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 no Shawnee, Ron, Ron, Ronald is not like that. We've had this conversation. I, I don't appreciate you making up these stories about um, my good friend, uh, Ronald. Your boyfriend made me do something. I, I, no, I know I, you're lying. Ronald would never do anything like that. He's a good man. He had his wiener out. No, he didn't, Shawnee. No, Ronald. John. Ronald already told me he drove you home, and he told me you guys uh, talked about the Pokemons, and that was it. He said Shawnee might tell you some things. But we only but talk about the Pokemons, and I'm like, I know Ronald, he, he does that a lot. He makes up stories. Shawnee, I gotta let you go, I have, I'm in the middle of a radio, I'm, I'm doing my job right now, Shawnee, I can't, you're, you're interrupting, I guess, yes, yes, Shawnee. I will take you to Chuck E. Cheese, I promise, tomorrow, we'll go to Chuck E. Cheese. I have to let you go, okay? Are you you're gonna be okay, Shawnee? You're gonna be able to sleep tonight. Yeah. I just need you to be able to sleep tonight, okay? Take me to Chuck Cheese. I, I want twenty tokens. I want uh, tokens. Definitely, tokens. you're really good at the games at Chuck E. Cheese. You're gonna run a lot of tokens. You always do. Okay. Okay. Okay, Shawnee. Thank thank you very much for uh, remember, love you. Shawnee. Just I love you, you know, John. I love you too, Shawnee. Love you with all my heart. Bye bye. Uh, I'm so sorry about that, Michael. He doesn't know to call my uh, personal phone. I usually tell him to. So, tell us a little bit more about your uh, your your book, Michael. Okay. Well, it's uh, the title of it is U.S. Immigration Policy, Ethnicity, and the Re and Religion in American History, and it looks at immigration from 1820 until current time, and it explains sort of why the various laws were passed when they were passed, and what the impact that they had on immigration into this country and the assimilation of immigrants into our society and culture. And religion and national origin or ethnicity are major factors in why people came in large numbers or waves. I... And I distinguish in the book a, a number of periods that I uh, characterize by a door image for each period. So. For instance, uh, from 1820 to 1880, I call it the open door era, where people could just pretty much come freely, as John was talking about early, right. uh, earlier in our in our discussion. And then there's the next period is is called the door ajar era, from 1880 to 1920, and there we're beginning to restrict or close the door. We have some restriction on immigration, but there's yeah. still very mm -hmm. very large numbers coming. Uh -huh. There and is. From 19 huh. 
Yeah. yeah. From, from 1920 to, uh-huh. to about 1960, right. we have what I call the right. pet door too era. Too open. This yeah. is the era of Way quota immigrants. Too many doors. Too many immigrants. That's is too- <laughs> just the, the facts right there. Well, we've we've had about 80 million immigrants, many legal immigrants. immigrants, to the United States, but unquestionably, the country has benefited by that, by those immigrants. No, uh, they've, I, they've been a positive. At first, but so I stop, don't think we are benefiting think right it, now. What what creates wealth? We are benefiting. We're what all create, becoming friends. What creates wealth? Hugging. Cheap Work. labor. People working create wealth. And and when people come here to work, they create wealth. Yes. We benefit from the immigrants. But mm. only when they're working cheaply, like in, in sweatshops. That's only when we're benefiting. Again, you're going back to just enslaving people and treating people like they're, doing like they're not really people. They're selling us the product for way less than we would buy I just from think ourselves. it's not right. It's You're treating well, these people like they're not human. That brings us to our next subject. I um, uh, would like to present... Uh, our new segment called Hot Topic, and uh, I will introduce us right now with that with that intro. And now it's time for tonight's hot topic. Tonight's hot topic is travel ban. We have to build a wall and close down all our bridges and tunnels and stop everybody from coming here. Bullshit! No, we're not gonna do that! Like, why would you do that? You're losing everything, and you're just being shitty. Like, America is supposed to be the land of the free, and we're supposed to embrace other we're people. We're red, white, and, and blue, not red, white, and brown, John. Why are you always so racist? It's not, I'm not being racist, I'm we're, just we're, being, being... We're red, white, and you, that's the name of our show, we we include everyone, we don't exclude the brown people. I'm just, I'm just being patriotic, John. It's not patriotic, none of us, to be honest, half of us didn't even, like, we, we took over America, we're, we're all like Italians and... For the most part, yeah, the the, the ones that so that we're did it immigrants. Right. Yeah, we did it right. We came here. So then, why wouldn't you want more immigrants? Why would you build a wall to stop other people who could do what we, we don't did? want anymore? Because they're underselling us. What do you think, Michael? Yes. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. So, what do you think, Michael? I, I don't think we should build a wall. I think uh, the wall would be yeah. uh, largely ineffective, extremely costly. If there were armed guards and, at the top of it, and it it's would work. Unnecessary. It's not unnecessary. We need border patrol and we need guards, armed guards, and turrets. Right. I agree with you, turrets Michael. Everywhere. We don't need a wall. We need and we don't guns need to keep people and out. armed man guns. We just need to be a better what? people, and we need to be strong and resistant to Ebola, and we can let and everybody what in. what about when they have bombs strapped to their chest, John? Well, you just have to... We have our to be tough. planes aimed at our buildings. We, we just have to be a tough people, That's and we not have to be able to survive 9/11. bombs. 9-11. It we survived 9-11. We barely, barely... <laughs> it cannot be survived, survived again. a lot of crisis... Uh, because uh, we are a strong past. people, and, and we have to continue to be strong. Immigrants have hurt yes. us. Yes. No, immigrants, just In like Michael end. said, immigrants have helped us. They <clears throat> saved us. I, they shaved us. 
our economy would crash if we really uh, deported the 11, approximately 11 million uh, unauthorized immigrants that are currently in our country. It would literally would send us into a depression if we deported all 11 million. I'll be depressed if that was the case. I'll, I'll gladly be depressed. I would gladly take. Oh, you're just gonna accept depression because yes. you got what you want. I would take. That's all it's about with you Republicans. I would just take medicine to, to combat the depression. <laughs> it's not funny. All right, Michael. Thank you for your time. It's been great. Where can everybody find you, my friend? Well, that book can be found. The easiest way to get it is just go to Amazon.com. Okay. And either uh-huh. uh, just type right. in on the. Yeah. Bar, the uh, the name yeah. Michael LeMay, uh-huh. and the various books will come up. Right. Uh-huh. Thank you. Have a good one. That was tedious. That was good. That was amazing. I love the shoddy call. I thought the shoddy call was great. And I love how he just ignored ignored it completely. (laughs) She she put, I I guess, when the dress was on last week, during one of the interviews, she just said, um, Oh, uh, where's where's my Shawnee? So I'm like, all right, I need a Shawnee call next. Week. That was a good Shawnee call. <laughs> I don't know how you ignore that though. We're like, I think we both had made it clear that like Shawnee was raped by John's boyfriend Ronald because <laughs> yeah. I was just like, no, Ronald called me and he said you were gonna tell me some stuff, but you just <laughs> talked about the Pokemon. <laughs> God damn, that was, that was good. And that guy <laughs> just. Wanted to get his message out. Just wanted to get his dick wet. <laughs> Just like a lot of these Mexicans crossing the border. We, we don't know where he lays in, in the pile of Mexicans coming across. I don't really know what his stance was. I guess he's like... He's good. He's yeah, good. He's I, like, I think he's more lenient. He's, yeah, he's, he's your lenient. guy. Yeah. He's your guy. I think he was more liberal, yeah. He's... <laughs> Just... I don't know how he... Oh. He was laughing a little bit. He here, was. Right, but. Uh, awkwardly. Awkwardly yeah. and uncomfortably. <laughs> just like we were. And just like we are. <laughs> Awkward and uncomfortable. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week. Yes. Hopefully with, like, <laughs> Slamborghini or something. Oh, yeah, we're Slamborghini. I think he said, well, last week he said three weeks, so I think we got, Is like, that two you ate all your pickles to tonight? So yeah, to, to think of Slambo. <laughs> all right. Okay, have a crappy weekend. Hope your house burns down. This has been a Fat Moles Radio production. To hear more shows like this, go to soundcloud.com slash Radio. Your face is coming straight to your ears. A podcast network that's changing gears. Bringing fresh, funky pods with a fresh, funky beat. A family of pods that are bringing the heat. There ain't no stopping us. Keep coming back to us, sick ass pods that'll make you hush. www.hushyourface. www.hushyourface. www.hushyourface.com.